Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. My name is Adam. I'm, I'm <laughs> Listen to that enthusiasm pumping out as we speak. This is vaccine enthusiasm here. Not even a slow hand clap for the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. There we go. Not even a get, get off your boring bastards. I've heard better jokes on the speaking clock. None of that. <laughs> Just, uh... <laughs> but yes, but this is the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. My name is Adam. I'm joined by Chris. Hello. I'm joined by Lee. Hello. I'm joined by Wesley. Hello. <laughs> and there will be spoilers and swearing, so we can now officially say balls. <laughs> but is that swearing in the right, right, right oh, context? Right. It puts us in the explicit category, probably. It's, it's, it fucking does. There we go. Let's make sure. So, and we are here to... Oh, I mean, strap yourselves in, folks, because this is going to be... I'm guessing, you know, sycophantic to the point of <laughs> sickening. Yeah. This will... Yeah. Um, as we are, you know, our Star Wars watch-through, we have reached... And here's the bit where I might divide our audience. We've reached Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> or as it is now known, Episode 4, A New Hope. But yes, uh, enough of that. Um, just before we sort of brace in, has anyone uh, been any... Uh, yeah, that's the sort of start you want for this, isn't it? I might have uh, to just break in, break in with a format and say I'm going full light speed on this one. I'm going 0.5 past light speed, oh, and I'm going to say this film, this film gets 11 out of 10, otherwise known as Spinal Tap. It is, <laughs> it has the best storyline, best script, best characters, best scene with the twin sons, best weapons, best title, best music, best sound effects, best good versus evil portrayal. It is the best film. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Chris, I'll be honest with you, mate. I think that's all of us done. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I got my coat. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's 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 fuck the preamble because let's face it, they know what they're here for. We're here to talk about a new hope, and if we ignore all that shit, we can just get on with talking about a new hope. So well done, Chris. <laughs> I do, I, I do He's done the banter section in less than 12 parsecs. Yes, very good. So, yes, Star Wars, A New Hope. Right, here's my initial one for you. Fuck me, what an opening. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've got the scroll. Yeah, that's par for the course. But just really good spaceship terrifyingly huge mm. spaceship the sounds every fucking thing it's just such a good fucking like cold open yeah yeah absolutely yeah. And, and i can safely say right, i watched this now and i i barely skipped any of the scenes only a few <laughs> um with my children for the first time properly and mm -hmm. yeah and they were gripped from the start absolutely so it still just completely holds up you know, it's not over the top. It's not less than it needs to be. It's just right there, straight from the start. And I think this is something that might be, because I, I 
I'll I'll have to reserve judgment for the Force Awakens because I can't I can't quite remember how that starts, but certainly Phantom Menace. It sort of gets quickly into the action, but not as fucking astoundingly as this does. No. <laughs> and so, and I wonder, is that something that's been, you know, is that something that's been missed in that sort of sense? Is Star Wars after this takes on like a more mythological aspect? So they sort of, they, I don't know, they Game of Thrones it a bit or they... They've got to try and up it. But in yeah. doing so, they actually lose something. Yeah. Whereas this is just pure fucking. This is sets up the whole fucking like MacGuffin mm. of the film, puts you in in your seat. And in terms of like this is like Claire was saying to me when I was watching it, and it's uh, let's face it, it's not the it's not our first rodeo with this film, any of us. But it's just how well. <laughs> if you were to look at it in isolation of this was the first one you ever saw, which it was for us, I presume, actually, that's something I was going to ask. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, mm. I definitely saw this one first. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but again, you've got like that start. You've got the start. Now, you don't know if this was any other. It, it, I mean, you know from the music, you know from the emotional way it works, that it's baddies after goodies. But you don't necessarily know that. And then you've got the Stormtroopers, and the, like image-wise, and then Vader. And it's like, right, these are clearly the bad guys. <laughs> I was going to say that, like, two within five minutes, you've got two of the most iconic sci-fi mm. outfits ever created. Like, mm. they're, they're super over the top. There is no human form distinguishable. Like, you know, they're covered from head to foot, but they are just the most beautiful designs. Mm. Yeah. It works so well. Just like I say, the contrast between the Stormtroopers and Vader is perfect as well. Yeah. Because even though yeah. they're quite white, they're still... White armour is mm. such a sort of... Because obviously they then sort of went on and have other the variation. Yeah. Like, like the... Is it Death Troopers that are with yeah. Krennic? Yeah. Mm. And so uh, this sort of thing, but none of them quite are up to the job. Mm -hmm. They're just such a, you know, it's like everything, and like even like the Star Destroyers. And in fact, everything, the, this is where it all stems from. So you've got TIE Fighters, X Wings, um, Star Destroyers, uh, the Millennium Falcon. All these uh, Y-wing fighters, all these things are in this film, and it's um, just you take it for granted almost. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is something that I was going to say is because obviously none of the, all this the first film we've watched that was before any of us were born. Mm. Yeah, and, it, unreal. and it's and it's the only one of the. Of any of them, certainly to me, yeah, it's the only one. All the others, I think, were out by the time. Yeah, they would have been like I would have been around yeah. if yeah, to watch Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, this is because obviously it's the it's the year before uh, me, Lee, and Wesley's birth year. Mm. Yeah. And Chris, when when when's your when when is you sir? Eighty. 
80. So yeah, so yeah, you you're in this. It's the same thing because isn't Empire's 80 Empire was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's weird, but if you think about it, none of us have lived in a non-Star Wars universe mm. <laughs> because it had its impact. Yeah, or its impact. It's it still ripples out, but like that was like a fucking boulder, you know, like a, an enormous meteorite just hitting into popular culture and re fucking setting it. But none of us have ever known the reality without it. I mean, it was going like, back to what you said about the, a strong opener. I mean, hmm. the testament to that is the fact that. It's established that Darth Vader's the baddie, even though he's not really the baddie of the film. He's like, no. he's got so small screen time. It's unbelievable in that first one. Yeah. And yet you see him and you, you we, we conjured up all of these battles and everything in our head, <laughs> helped by the Marvel comic that came yes. out after yeah. that we grew up with. But, you know, all these adventures with Darth Vader. And yet in the first film, he's hardly there. <laughs> yeah. And he, and like it say, just evokes the fear. Yeah, it's actually. I mean, both in a weird way of the the real protagonists. Sort of in that sense, it's Tarkin and Princess Leia. Mm. Yeah, in terms of the overall sort of importance of the story, you know, Vader is subservient to Tarkin, or certainly toes the line with him. Mm. Yeah, and. But all and like everyone else, it's sort of like the gradual approach to uh rescuing Leia, and then she goes on to actually, you know, have yeah. the Death Star destroyed and everything. And it's yeah, so I was going to say about Rogue One that actually, and we did mention it during the Rogue One episode, but it does a good job of setting up Vader for this film mm. so oh, yeah. more, more than many other films manage to do. So even with Solo, that doesn't add much more to harm. Really, whereas this really, no. uh, Rogue One really complements a New Hope. Uh, it, it feels to me like it does add something to people who may not have otherwise, you know, got that. Yeah. yeah. So having watched them in this order, obviously, mm. like the rest of you, I've seen this film probably a hundred times without yeah. exaggeration. Mm. Um, but I probably, to be fair, I probably haven't seen it in five years now because mm. um, it's one of those films that. You love so much, you don't. It's some, I've listened to a podcast recently, and somebody else said the same thing. Sometimes you have a film that you love so much, you don't have to watch it all the time because you know you love it. You don't need to be reminded yeah. of it. Mm. That's how I feel about this. But yeah, yeah as you say, as in, having come off the back of Rogue One and then watched this, you, you do feel all that pre the presence of everything that happened running mm. up to this. And it does give it a totally different feel in the open. It's, it, it definitely does add to it, which. I mean, yeah, I, I never thought it'd come to no. a point where something would make Star Wars better. Even better yeah. <laughs> well, you, it's, it's even in the opening crawl where they say about there's been a, um, there's been a, a battle and the result of which is that there are the plans for the Death Star have been stolen is in the yeah. opening crawl. Yeah. And, but you're reading it now going, oh, that's Jin and her lot. <laughs> you know, in a yeah. sort of weirdly, you've you've sort of double geeked it. You've gone back, and it's like you're getting. Oh look, they've got a reference to Rogue One in this, <laughs> and you're like, no, no, they haven't. 
but, but it's, it's like the uh, the uh, the table um, that I was saying about last episode, where there's oh, the two seats, the missing, missing seats. Yeah. yeah. So who are the missing seats again? It's Krennic and uh, who did you say? Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, Thrawn, who, who's hanging around the outer rim, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's actually in Rebels, so it's all still canon now. So. Mm. See, I learned about him in the Timothy Zahn um, novels, and he was fantastic yeah. in them. But I don't, that's not canon anymore, is it? Those ones? Well, he's n- technically no, but the character is. It's, so yeah, yeah. He's Essentially. He's just being reworked into it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because that's an interesting one, because I know that where they've gone to Disney, the canon has changed. Mm. Um, or they're... Or the cherry picking prior to that, yeah. So yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff out there that's not um, that's now sort of like been dismissed to make way for the stuff they're producing in a weird way. But the mm. thing is, it's obviously something like that where it's like a character who is purely from that exterior medium. Yeah, is then referenced in the current canon, even though that previous canon's been wiped out. So it's like, how does that work technically? Because you know, you've you've created this character purely in this other environment, and then you're bringing him, you're still bringing him into the extra expanded universe. Yeah. That's what I've been trying to I think. think of. I think it works <laughs> like Marvel, mm. how you've got the you know, the Hank Pym inventing Ultron and all that from the comics, and yet when you go to the movie one, it's a, it's a different history. I think that's how it's mm. being dealt with. You can bring the characters back and forth. That's, I think yeah. for the, um, having watching it this time, I think one of the things that stood out for me, as I say, obviously, uh, like all of you, I could sit there with my eyes closed and pretty much run through this <laughs> film scene by scene. <laughs> yeah. um, but what, what really stood out for me, and I, I, they did it in the later films, and unfortunately it felt a bit ham-fisted, um, but in this one particularly, Princess Leia obviously is uh, they go, uh, there's a large portion of the film where they're going to rescue her mm. um, but what I love is that she is in no way a damsel in distress, like yeah. she's such a strong mm. female character, every opportunity mm. to get her hands on a blaster and just start <laughs> shooting stormtroopers all over that shit um, she's, she's all she needs is someone to, she needs someone to open the door and that's yeah, and then she can just then take the over everything. Yeah, will, the, the will someone get this get big her. walking carpet out of my way? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, because she's it's the only that, one who gets them out of the fucking stupid yeah. bit. And then obviously, because <laughs> that's another thing as well. Is I think it's lovely that everyone kind of helps on the Death Star. Mm. If you see what I mean, it's like you don't have stragglers or oh, we've put this character in for comic effect. It's like R two and three PO do. Play, play a major point in mm. being there by mm. being able to stop the uh, trash compactor. See, and see, now, yeah. see, now I've got another point about that. It, it's funny. It, it's never struck me before, again, but I've picked up on it this time. It just reminded me of Monty Python. So <laughs> C-3PO and R2 are in that, that room next to the hangar and the, the squadron of stormtroopers go in there. 
and they mm. all run upstairs and they leave one behind and tell him to guard the room. Yeah. 3PO yeah. goes, I'm just going to take him outside. And he goes, yeah, all right. Like, yeah. He's, he's just like the Holy Grail. Right, so he's not to leave unless we go with him. No, no. You stay. <laughs> You've like, you you yeah. got one job. Hold the two droids in the room. Can we leave? Yeah, go on, fuck off. Like, so, what? Like my, also, my son commented on that. He said, you know, he's probably is overworked. It's like, it's just, he doesn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also, he commented on the uh, the ability of the stormtroopers to hit nothing. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially, there's one line in it because that's kind of, that kind of comes later. Mm. Uh, when there's the, they're at the, Jawa massacre at the sandcrawler, yeah, yeah. and he says only imperial, only imperial stormtroopers are that accurate. And you're like, fuck me! What do the sand people do? Shoot themselves in the fucking face? They must be fucking awful. That's why they're wrapped in bandages. Yeah. <laughs> they lost an eye. They've got to wear goggles. Oh, and I've got to say, and obviously we will, as we're going through, no doubt we'll talk about stuff that's been changed and things like that. One mm. of the things that has been changed is uh, <laughs> when Ben Kenobi frightens off the sand people, mm. and yeah. they've they've adapted it, but they've tried. I think they've tried to put some of Alec Guinness's voice in there. Yeah, and now it just sounds like he's been goosed. <laughs> it's like a proper major. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I prefer the original. I think. Yeah, I think the original had just was because it was just so weird. Yeah, especially yeah, you've got this like, electronic, front. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the first the first time I ever saw that, you know, the noise comes up, and then there's this flapping thing, like someone in a shit crow costume flapping at the end, and they all bugger off. You're like. The fuck is this? This is got to be hardcore. <laughs> then it pulls back the hat. It's just him. <laughs> that is something I have done though. Not only watching watching this has done like a double effect, and I think it was just knowing it so well that I can watch it in. in and fuck me, that I haven't got many notes because I just watched it. Yeah, I've not. Got, yeah. I've got notes on the changes, and that is literally yeah. all I've yeah. covered right yeah. <laughs> Because I've just got into it again. Mm. But I think the one, and I was getting into it from a point of view of, right, this is the original. Look at everything that is being set up in this one film that purely feeds the rest of it. But it's so well done. And every, there's nothing that I don't think there's much they feel they need to change, which is ironic considering the bits they gave me. But in terms of like imagery or like the design of the world, they don't fuck mm. with any of that. They haven't decided, oh, the X Wings would look better. Like, no, the X Wings look fucking amazing. Yeah. We'll, we'll, be, we'll build CGI ones to build up the numbers. Mm. But yeah, we're not changing that design one job. And I mean, actually, uh, one thing as well is like the, the the improvement on the sound that they've obviously been doing on various bits. The Millennium Falcon now sounds like Sunno's hairdryer. Yeah. It's got like a proper like guitar fucking resonance in it. So it's like wherever it goes, it's like, <laughs> it's sort of, <laughs> yeah, just just to let you know how fucking cool it is. Yeah. Um, but but watching it this time around, I definitely. Uh, and certainly Obi-Wan was the main thing with this, is watching it from that point of view of it's the bit where Obi-Wan's story ends or changes significantly. 
mm-hmm. shall we say, I suppose, because he is still in it. But it's just now I'm watching it as I was watching it quite enjoying it because it's like it's his last hurrah. Yeah. You know, he's been out on Tatooine for, and it's like, oh, I'm going to go and do some Jedi shit. It's going to be worse when the series comes out. Yeah. Because he goes through all the other adventures he had. (laughs) See, yeah, but but again, it's like, it's quite a nice thing that it's just like this idea that you've got, yeah, I've had to keep undercover and everything for all this time, Mm -hmm. but this is my one last blast and I can like, I'm going to take down the Death Star. Um, I also because <laughs> there seems to be a thing about the I, I love the idea that there is, and I think it's something they might have brought into the element of the Jedi. But like any like any religious order where people seem to have their weaknesses, and you know it's like sort of you know drunken priests or whatever like that. If we're good, on 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 the politest scale. Um, <laughs> But immediately it's like, right, I'm back in my Jedi days. What we're doing? We're hitting a bar. Yeah. And he knows the fucking pub. Yeah. Because he says, because he says to him, watch it, it's rough. Yeah. But but how much of a like, hermit is he? Well, this is no, this is what I'm thinking. Is I just He's like got his own that... stall. They keep a special panel mug that they're <laughs> in. Yeah, pewter, pewter <laughs> with OB written on it. Yeah. A lot. I, I always figured Lars was lying to Luke at that point. Mm. <laughs> he was just coming up with anything to try and put him. It off. would have been easier if he said, "Don't go near that crazy old man. He likes to touch up kids." Wouldn't yeah. it? You know, he would have definitely <laughs> it, have gone away. Might have changed the. Might have changed the complexion of the thing. Certainly, you know. I think. Um, I mean, actually... I'm, not, I'm not starting the petition to remake it on that one. I don't think. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the has caused a bit of a, a discussion point because. Um, my daughter saw the bit with Obi-Wan and she's like, but why would you do that against Darth Vader? Like, why? And obviously it's, oh, it yeah. is a bit complicated. Why would you decide to just allow yourself to be cut down? And it's, you know, I've tried to explain, well, it helps to, one, it's a really good story element because, <laughs> you know, like, oh, well, that's serious. But then he gets to talk to Luke and then guide him to head towards becoming a Jedi more than he Perhaps could have done otherwise. Exactly, definitely what yeah. cements him on the. It gave yeah. more weight in him mm. having to fight the Empire, which till this point he was obviously a bit. I mean, but again, it, it, this and and again, having watched the previous films and coming back as ropey as some of them may have been. Yeah, when it ah oh, we meet again, and it's like, yeah, you you get the subtext of ah oh, we meet again. You remember last time you prick when you left me on fire laying on a volcano. <laughs> yeah. That must have pissed Vader off even more because when you actually like look into it, Dar- um, Obi Wan Kenobi wasn't killed by Vader. He became one with the Force to stop Vader from killing him. So what you've seen him disappearing is him becoming one with the Force, not actually being killed mm. by Vader. Oh. So that oh, must have so- pissed him off. Because when you cut mm-hmm. someone with a lightsaber, they end up in two halves. Yeah, no. So he became one with the force and was absorbed by it. Yeah, because when because Yoda doesn't Yoda doesn't die. Yoda, yeah. like he he isn't killed certainly, but he just he just fades away. He yeah. sort of stops and fades away, and that's kind of yeah. Oh right, so no, no, that is something entirely. Now new we know to this 
Qui-Gon had, Qui had trouble because he didn't become one with the Force to start off with, hence why he was a holy corpse on the floor. Ah. So that's why he didn't disappear and he isn't immediately a Force ghost. Mm. I, I always I'd thought, and I'd never actually looked into it, but I just assumed that some of them were able to upon death and some hadn't reached that sort of enlightenment stage yeah that's that's essentially what it is if you've reached an enlightenment stage then you mm. will become one with the force when you pass but mm. Qui-Gon hadn't quite reached that and yeah. some people have speculated it's because of the the anger he had whilst fighting Darth Maul because mm. he just raced forward he wasn't thinking clearly hence why he got cut down in the first place so yeah see I think I think as you, as your weaknesses go like sort of hate love I think being a piss hound is probably not so bad. So, you know, that's why I the ones that come with the false. You know, there is, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to stick to it. There is an element of just like, right, we're going to, we're going to go and fight the Empire. I'm getting tanked up. Yeah. And, yeah. With, and, and again, I mean, obviously, we've now seen that Dr. Ezevan and Bumface. As he yeah. should be known from now on, you know they're sitting there in that bar going, "Fucking hell! Did you see what happened on uh, Jeddah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. mopping their brows. <laughs> yeah, going bloody hell! That was lucky, wasn't it? And he's like, "Yeah, watch this. We'll have a laugh." <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, we uh, just missed death. Let's kick this teenager to death. That'd be a bit of a laugh. That raise yeah. our yeah, spirits. Let's celebrate yeah. by beating a child. <laughs> There's a really okay. good book called um, Tales from the Creature Cantina, written by, I think it's Kevin mm. J. Anderson. And yes. uh, it's got the story of Doctor, yeah, and Ponder Barber. It's a really good story. Yeah, also, no, the no, Hunter one's good. Yeah, because there was that and the Jabber's Palace one. I don't, I, I bought the Jabber's Palace one, but I never think, I don't think I read that. Yeah, but I did read um, Bounty Hunters and the Creature Cantina. They were good. Bounty Hunters, Creature Cantina. There's also Tales from the Empire as well, which mm. is. Like you got the odd little droid and stuff like that that you see, like the silver Death Star droid in A New Hope, walking around with the big googly mm. eyes. Um, well, the dome eyes, not googly. Yeah. That was the Cookie Monster I was thinking of. The um, <laughs> yes. yeah. Was it in the Bounty Hunter? In Tales and Bounty Hunters, and um, was it one about um, a Boba Fett getting out of the Starlight yeah. belly? Yeah. Yeah, the Sarlacc like getting out of that, and yeah. And the, my favourite one's the IG-88 uh, I don't remember that. That's a good that, one. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. But also, there's the thing, like I was saying about where he keeps calling him Darth, is that just sort of like, mm. as in a piss take, because it's like, I know you're Anakin Skywalker, Bush. Yeah. So, it's easy to call of just saying big balls, isn't it? Oh, yeah. big balls. Yeah. <laughs> also, so I had to look it up. Luke's nineteen, so ergo, so's Leia. What the shit happens to you on Tatooine? Because you know, Lars, <laughs> yeah, Lars, fucking Obi Wan. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's we are now as far away from a Phantom Menace. As um, <laughs> Luke's lifetime and a bit more, 
Yeah. But Ewan McGregor now doesn't look like Alec Guinness. <laughs> you know, it, re it really takes it out of you, Tatooine. Um, yeah. This has actually this has actually become a joke at home because we were looking back through old photographs and there was photographs of us uh, before Ted was born. And mm. I just said, have we been living on fucking Tatooine? Look, we look like <laughs> children. So <laughs> it's because there's two sons, so you age twice as quickly. It's all that you. Face dries out. You get ropey. Yeah, old liver, old purse face. Yeah, I love like Uther Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that also because you know there's certain things that only Obi Wan knows about Darth Vader, and I like to think he's brought like couple of pockets falls of sand <laughs> and that, that's how he knows he's on the death star because because as we know his jedar is way off sync presence i haven't felt what is this your old master your child the droid you built and if it's your child why haven't you noticed it with your other child that you were torturing early yeah come on but no i just like the idea that he's just dropping out bits of sand going oh that'll piss anakin off <laughs> as, as Vader walks down the corridor, it's that familiar crunch under boot. And he goes, mm. <laughs> Obi Wan is here. I found some sand in the corridor. <laughs> uh, I still maintain your imagining it, Lord Vader. But, um, and we get full Kush. I mean, that yeah. is. Yeah. His performance Who? in this is—I mean, I, I love Peter Cushing, obviously, from all his horror stuff and everything. Yeah, but his performance—was this the first time? Outstanding. It is fantastic. Yeah, but is this the first time that you had seen him in this, or had you seen him in other things before? I would, I would imagine, imagine not. But... I would imagine it's this. Mm. I would imagine that it was Definitely. the first thing I saw him in would probably have been this. At a push, possibly the Doctor, the Doctor Who Dalek films that he did in the okay. 60s. That was I'm, the first time I'd seen it in anything, yeah. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was actually Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, it's a good impression to make. Yeah. Because, again, like this idea of... Um, I mean, even when you think about it, like, with sort of how they eventually portray the Emperor, is Peter Cushing really sets the standard for... Star Wars bastards in this, in that yeah. it's like, yeah, you get a, you get a, a well-spoken British actor <laughs> to uh, come and be, you know, just a space Nazi. So, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, actually, I mean, again, we're talking about one, a very hard-working man, but it also in terms of like how it sort of, when I was looking up about like 1977, um, like in other stuff. Peter Cushing's in three other films that I could like that I saw. He's in he's in this uh, like in 1977. He's in this. He's in Shockwaves, and he's in The Uncanny. Wow! Which obviously we covered on Welcome to Horror. And you're like, it's a weird thing to realise that the same you this the same year that produced and one of the same actors that produced The Uncanny produces Star Wars. You know, it's like this, that, no, that feels like that's decades apart. I think that's the thing with this film overall. I think if this mm. film came out right now and looked like it did, everyone would lose their shit. I, I mean, mm. the fact that mm. it's 40 years old is absolutely unbelievable because there's, I mean, as you say, I'm sure we'll get into it very shortly about the changes and stuff. Um, 
and yeah, I can appreciate that if they were going back and touching it up, you know, because it's going to get a DVD release and then a Blu-ray release. So they've got to, you know, fine tune the print. You might as well make a few changes. But generally, there's you could just release it exactly as it was. And it's yeah. just exceptional. It looks so far ahead of its time. Yeah. If you compare mm. other science fiction that was coming out at the time, it was so, like, so, so bad. And this is just... There's, I mean, I mean, watching it yesterday, I went through it again. There's so much happens in this film. There isn't mm. a scene that you could afford to lose from it. I mean, it's, uh, and I mean, it's two hours as well, which is longer than a lot of films were at that time. But yeah, but, it it doesn't miss a beat as well. It's constantly on. There's no, there's no, you know, normally mm. a film of two hours, you'd have that oh that boring twenty minutes where. You know, they're off doing a side mission or whatever. This film just goes and goes and just pushes that whole two hours and four minute runtime to the point where it rushes past and it feels like an hour and a half, if that. It's just staggeringly well made. Yeah, if you well, I'm interested. To... Sorry. Go, go on, I was just going to say, if you had to choose a part of the film that you like the least, what would it be? What section mm. would be your least favourite? What could I cut out of this? Not cut out. It's just your opinion. What you think? Let's. Well, not doesn't so even let it down. What bit is not that, your favourite? I was going to say that some of the new scenes that they added, I don't think were needed. Absolutely I don't think not. They added anything to it, so I would take some of them out. I there's a couple I like, but mm. yeah, the jabber scene that they put back in is dog dirt. It's so bad. It doesn't need to be in there. It looks ropey. I mean, you obviously the so Adam sent us a, a really helpful mm. YouTube video, which is the original. It shows like side by side the original cut, the '97, and then the '2011 yeah, cut. Did a good job showing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it really shows you the differences between them. Um, but yeah, that Jabber one. I mean, the the two that the the is it 2004 they first put that back in or was it 97 it was 97 because it was special just because all the the special editions were prior to the prequels coming out that's mm. right it was the, that's right it was the, the gold and silver box set releases i think wasn't it mm. um oh and it just looks so so bad and and that's the problem so you've taken practical effects from 40 years ago that still look astonishing and then you put really bad primitive CGI in mm. and you've just put something into a film that, that at the time was 25 years old. You put something new in it and it looks 10 times worse than anything in the original. It stands out like a sore thumb. I think the, other the last like... version of it's not is passable. The Blu-ray version of it is definitely mm. more watchable than the original. But yeah. I just don't think you need that in there at all. I no. like the throwaway line when he's talking to Chewie in the cantina about, you know, mm. that'd be great. That'd get Jabba off our back if we take this, mm. you know, transport mission. The throwaway line was better than the actual seeing it all play out. Yeah. In, in, my opinion. in, in, in yeah. an odd way, because of how Re Return of the Jedi, in a way that how Return of the Jedi originally worked, is it would be like sticking the Emperor in, mm. in this film. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's like something yeah. that it's wonderful, like you say, that you get these references that go, mm. you know, they 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 conclude in other 
in the other films. And so you finally meet Jabba. And it's and it isn't necessarily like it's not the same as like keeping the monster hidden until the last minute, so the imagination, but but it is just this thing of like, oh yeah, that's what they were talking about. And it's kind of incidental in the first film. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it and similarly well, like, you still get Greedo talking about Jabra as well. So that adds yeah. to it. And yeah. I don't like the change of hand. Oh no, that's this is the only thing that I think is weird, and I'm not sure whether it's a sort of George Lucas has just changed like and become a bit censorious. Mm. But it does but it did it all stemmed from oh no, a hero shouldn't shoot someone. But, under but the, the thing tape. is, like, Han isn't is an anti-hero. He, he yeah, learns he's, to he's, become a hero. Yeah, you the guy, a guy who shoots first. It makes more sense when he is saying to Princess Leia, "I'm not in this for your rebellion. Yeah, I'm in it for the. I'm in it for me. I'm in it for the money. That works better if you've set someone up as a bastard. Well, not. Mm. I don't. Again, Greedo's got a fucking gun on him. It's not. Greedo sort of, does say, "I'm going to kill you." Yeah, basically, no I, don't, sort of... I don't care about the money. I've been wanting to kill you for a long time. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah shoot him. He's a I prick. bet you have. <laughs> oh, also, also, I I have to say, again, back to, oh, you might find this place is a little rough. Yeah, two people get stabbed with an electric sword, and one bloke gets shot under the table, <laughs> and you're just like. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, everyone just carries on. Mm-hmm. It is a really rough bar. <laughs> sorry, sorry about the mess. Yeah. Oh. You want to bar him, Derek? <laughs> yeah, we should definitely discuss the the Geordie edit because it's put we, such an entirely different spin on this. Yeah. Movie. I mean, I think I, I would like to cover the Geordie edit, yeah. yeah. I think just as a, as a separate, just so I can watch it again. Because, again, that's something that in a weird way, it doesn't, it hasn't harmed this film in any way. Mm. But there are so many parodies now that, like, as you're watching it, that you're going, you're doing the bit, a bit from the Family Guy Star Wars, yeah. or, and particularly for me, is the Robot Chicken um, Star Wars, which, <laughs> if you've not seen, definitely go and check out. I'm actually thinking, uh, if if we can do it and Instagram doesn't have a shit fit about it or something like that, if it's copyright or whatever, but I'm definitely going to put up a few of the robot chicken sketches. Cause there's, there's one, there's the one of Palpatine receiving the collect call from Vader after the Death Star's <laughs> blown up, which is just brilliant. Um, and, um, Smell of feed and cheese. Yeah, that's it. Where are you? <laughs> so what happened to that? Well, where are you? <laughs> You've been flying around for two weeks trying to get a signal. You smell like feet wrapped in burnt bacon. (laughs) And also the and what is possibly my favourite thing ever, which is when they reveal the truth behind the little toaster. You know the little Death Star toaster. Yeah, yeah, they reveal what's going on with that. Oh, Mm. it's beautiful. It is genuinely beautiful. Um, fuck it, I'm going to spoil it because I still think people should go and see it. Uh, should go and seek it out. But it's basically it cuts to the inside, and it's a little mouse dressed up as an attack commander. 
<laughs> driving that thing. And then Chewie growls and it just goes <gasps> like that and puts it in reverse and drives off. <laughs> uh, I thought we should probably explain it just for anyone who hasn't seen it. So the Geordie edit was um, mm. a, a basically it was a 45 minute film where somebody had taken major scenes from Star Wars, uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi and had yeah. sort of squashed them all down to create one coherent story. And then they'd done, uh, there was two Geordie comedians doing the voices of lots of the background characters. So the voices of the Jowers and the Stormtroopers and stuff, just saying the most absolutely hilarious things. Um, yeah, if you get a chance to track, I've just looked on YouTube and it isn't on there. There's a clip of it on there, but it's only two and a half minutes. Um, I've got it somewhere on DVD. Uh, yeah, I've definitely got it here somewhere on DVD. But the quality is I mean, I think it was done like on a VHS. It's really mm. bad. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyone who was unaware, that's what the Geordie edit is. But it's so hilarious that you now can't watch the film without... Yeah. In your mind. I mean, it's the scene when they pull outside the cantina and the Jower is <laughs> standing there touching the. I can still just hear him shouting, Look, it's got any fucking wheels. I can still just hear it every time I see them. <laughs> the, the one that gets me is when they're going to, uh, when the stormtroopers are going to the bay that the Millennium Falcon's in. And it's just that stormtrooper walking along with that huge rifle, and it's just, and uh, it's just someone in the crowd goes, "Oh, that's a big gun! I we're still going to get kicked shitless, though." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, although it's uh, not appearing in this film, it's also the bit with because Admiral Akbar is Geordie in it. Oh, yeah, now that well. is the highlight. Is Admiral Akbar? And, and you know, you know, he's got that lovely swing chair thing that yeah. on the bridge of his ship. And it's just, whoa, get on to office supplies. These chairs are mighty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all but but none of them none of them have wrecked it for me, which is again <laughs> quite an achievement when you've got that much sort of comedy around something and so many spoofs of something. Because I, I think it's something like we were talking about it with the Exorcist, where it's probably been diminished by years of um sort of parody or whatever like that yeah like, it's, it's funny yeah whereas with this i don't, maybe yeah. i mean it's probably because most people love it so it's done from place of affection or something like that i don't know mm -hmm. yeah. but yeah, yeah they it still just it still just works so the, the other thing that i hadn't realized that i missed was the wolfman i did not realize he'd been cut out uh, and i remember yeah. when i saw yeah. him watching like the YouTube comparisons. And I was like, oh yeah, I thought he was great. Um, Another Rick Baker creation. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. I don't that... think it's that bad. Like, I don't know why they'd completely remove it. I mean, it, it's, it's in the darkness anyway. Like he really didn't look that mm. shabby compared to some of the others. But I think he, did, I think... he has a whole backstory and everything. It's mm. which was established before the special edition. So it just, it was a shame that they got rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, especially because there's sort of certain other ones, there's certain other things that they don't, that not necessarily look worse, but you don't think were much better than. Mm. Well, there's, there's like, the like new the, one that, 
looks like a frog with a Rastafarian hat on. And yeah. I mean, the actual yeah. design of it is not, it doesn't yeah, do much, it looks so static. Yeah. yeah, it just looks, it looks like a sort of, it looks like a, a um, iguana sort of looking thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sm smoking sort of a gray uh, blue, yeah. like smoking a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's, no, I think the trouble is none of them match. They've not really bothered. It's like the Jabber thing. They've obviously realised, right, we've got to work on this and work on this and work on this to try and make yeah. it look better. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of them, they've just like, oh, we did that, that's done. And it's like, no, they, that, you know, like you say, that sort of lizard thing just looks like, oh, you've cut to something on a computer screen. Okay, and now we're back to puppets. Right, okay. Well, so, we've, we've got the whole my own personal thing that I hate about Return of the Jedi Jedi rocks yeah. to talk oh, about that a of <laughs> yeah oh, the Size Noodles band was never the same no it was it was wrong it was wrong I mean I listen I listen to Latinesh quite often it's just an amazing it's piece a good of fun song. Yeah. yeah it's like Nutbush City Limits it's great so yeah I just don't and Nub Nub yeah, but uh, and the one thing I I find as well is because the the video, um, the YouTube video that I sent you guys, obviously they recreate with the original standing act actor Declan Mulholland, the Scottish guy, mm. yeah, like just the big fat Scottish guy. Um, and admittedly, that's not what Jabba should be, and I understand, you know, because they were obviously. I mean, this is again George Lucas being his imagination far outstripping or his technical ambitions far outstripping what's actually available is that he's essentially, he did film that. His intention was to always have jam, but mm. he was going to do it like he thought he could do it like fucking Jar Jar. And it's like, yeah, and they couldn't, they didn't yeah, really pull that off frame. in 1999. No. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be stop frame animated and put on top. Oh, There's right, okay. a, you get the original Marvel Comics adaptation of it. That scene is in there. Bear in mind the comic was released before the release of the film. Hmm. Um, there is a little sketch based on a concept artwork of Jabba the Hutt, but no one knows if it's from an official Lucasfilm piece of concept art or it was the actual comic book artist invented it. But that scene's oh, right. in there before it was ever removed or completed. It's in the comic oh. book version. It's funny you saying about background characters like they replaced the Wolfman. So they so obviously CG'd Jabber in. What they didn't change was his mate on the right hand side that's next to him, who just looks like he's wearing a pirate's costume from a fucking fancy dress shop. <laughs> he, no, that's he is awful. He is my first steampunk. That's the outfit he's wearing. <laughs> it's like you know he's. The, He's, oh, well, I went to a party, but it was a mashup costume. I was like, I was a steampunk Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Were you? Did it make you any less of a wanker? No. It's just, but, it's, uh, it's really glaring. It's just like, you've made no effort with these outfits yeah. at all. And, and, then, <laughs> and then Boba Fett fucking, they've put Boba Fett in there. Again, seemingly pointlessly, especially for his look at the camera, like, all right, lads. <laughs> fuck off it didn't need to be there because that's what makes you start looking at other people because you're like oh Boba Fett's there who else is there oh yeah 
crap Jack Sparrow and Greedo again, but we've put him in a different vest, so you don't know it's because Greedo's just been shot. <laughs> so, actually, um, interesting. I don't think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it now. Um, so, when uh, we mentioned previously that I got to meet um, David Prowse and a few mm. of the other guys from Star Wars, uh, because the Admiral at the end, the guy with a big white beard who uh, is who who does the uh, the conference bit where he tells them all about destroying the Death Star. Yeah, um, he's local to here, so every year for the last fifteen years or whatever, he's hired out this tiny little community hall and got people from Star Wars to come to it round <laughs> here, including David Prowse and people who turn up and sign autographs and just meet with people, and it's like. In it, we're in like this little village, you know, it's amazing that they do it. Um, yeah. one of the guys I was talking to there was saying he was fitted up before. So, what they were gonna do, um, before they had Boba Fett, before he was a, like a character, as it were, they they were he was gonna there was gonna be a set of stormtroopers who could fly. So mm. the original outfit was a stormtrooper's outfit with the jetpack and stuff on. Um, yeah, and he said, oh, yeah, I was like one afternoon that we weren't shooting. They took me away and I was fitted up with all this gear. Um, yeah, and they were going to try and add them in for uh, for Empire, which didn't end up happening. But yeah, then they used the character and redesigned it slightly and turned it into Boba Fett, which obviously mm. we got later in the film. Um, but yeah, so that was just a, an interesting bit of from the horse's mouth that I got to have a little yeah. chat. So that was nice. And, and what I noticed you talking just then was that you say Boba, I say Boba, but Adam says Boba. So have we got a fight no, going on no, here? It's Boba Fett. You say Boba. Boba. I, Boba. I think. I think it does. Mind you, in if, in fairness, watching this, I realised you know how many different pronunciations of Leia take place. Yeah. When there's Han and her. Yeah. So it's Leah, Leah. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's why he don't get a medal. Because he's going, Yeah, I yeah. noticed so that as well. He doesn't get a medal this mm. time. It's like you walk down the yard, but we're not giving you a medal. Oh. It's been, yeah, carpets I, don't have medals. <laughs> I thought, I thought, what about a bow? Because it looked. <laughs> You know, you know, like when they do oh, up Bo Yorkshire Carter. Terrier's nice because he's got his like chewy going to church hair uh, for the end, doesn't he? Like Wizard of Oz, yeah. They do up the lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the the one scene that I did like was the big scene. I don't know what we will think of that because where he he meets Bigs just before they get in the X wings to fly off, mm. and. Um, and the reason I like it is because he mentions Biggs at the start. You see him, Biggs get blown up, so you know yeah. that there's a relationship between them, but it's not built to the point where you necessarily feel too much for Biggs. Whereas seeing this, you see that he was obviously really was Luke's best friend. Yeah. And so that yeah. really adds a little you know, more to the fact that he dies. And... Have you ever seen the deleted scenes? Yeah. From A New Home? Yeah. yeah. That, that would be... That would, I know they weren't... There's they no weren't amazing like mm. yeah but it adds to the story of the it's, character a lot more yeah. but you, you know you, you'll compromise so much of the pacing if mm. it was ever put back in 
See, I think you're right, Chris. I think where, it, where the bit they have put in with Biggs is the right bit just to give you that yeah. little extra there. Like it's, it's, it's not an amazing scene, but yeah, it does just add to there, that. There's also a bit during that scene, if you watch, someone walks past the camera um, and um, in the background you've got R2-D2 being lifted up and mm. as the person walks behind the camera... Um, he changes position from sort of low to high. And what it is, is because they, they just put someone in because no, apparently there was a line of dialogue where Biggs said about knowing Luke's father or remembering Luke's father. And they were like, right, that complicates everything. Just fucking cut it out. That's just, yeah, we can't sort of, we can't, we can't leave that in When you look at Luke Skywalker, when he's piloting, in some of the shots, when he's piloting the uh, X-Wing, he's got a bloodshot eye. Mm. And the reason is, is because when he was filming the trash compactor scene, he had to hold his breath underwater, and he popped a blood vessel in his eye because he had to hold his breath oh. so long. Oh, God. So when yeah. they filmed the exit scene, you could see on the eye he's got a little red mark where he popped the blood vessel. God, Ooh. bloody hell! I mean, even down to that, I, I don't. Again, I love. There's little bits and pieces that they've added to it that I wasn't aware of, or sort of, you know, just didn't register. Like the fact they've put extra rocks around R2 when he's hiding from the sand people, mm. which does make that scene make a lot more sense because otherwise the sand people, it's like, <laughs> so they can't shoot the shit. They can't see fuck all either because he's standing <laughs> in an archway twittering. Yeah. But now it's, you know, it, fe it feels like he has hidden himself rather mm. than parked. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, so, my, so having watched all of the, the changes they've made, I think that the thing I came away with is I, I, I didn't realise, like you say, you know, if you said to me, what are the changes they made? I go, right, well, it's putting the Jabber scene in, it's Greedo shooting first. Um, but actually, having gone back and watched it, the stuff where, like, they redid the sand crawler um, mm -hmm. and, like, the land shots that they redid, they look so much better and I can totally understand why if you're going back to touch a film up anyway, to give it a high, high res release, mm. why would you not put these things right? So I felt actually, although I'd been one of those people for ages, who was like, I don't want it touched up. I don't want it changed. I want the originals. Actually, I do like the changes. I just don't like the additional scenes. Like, yeah. like the Moss Eisley stuff where they put all that bad CG in, yeah. um, mm. Uh, like know, the robot getting bashed and yeah, oh, yeah, that's so yeah. shit. And the same with the so when they've got um, uh, the stormtroopers, and obviously they had mm. the what are the big things? They're, they're not bad, they're the yeah. So the ones in the background that were static in the original looked mm. terrible. So I can see why you'd CG them up in the distance, they look mm. fine. But when they added the additional scene where they're right in the foreshot in the foreground. Mm. They look awful. Yeah. Weird, weirdly enough, do you know what I think the problem is? It's not so much the Dewback, it's the Stormtrooper on top because yes, the, the, the Stormtrooper was animated like they've just plopped a suit on there. Yeah. Like an empty Stormtrooper. So it just no sort of flops around yeah. all over the shop. Yeah. Although it is interesting to also, when you see some of like the, the background stuff on this and everything, the fucking noise of Stormtrooper outfits. It's just unbelievable. And they're all clearly, vacuum, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. 
but like they all they do is just clatter and fall over. You know, it's sort of it's it looks amazing, but you realise that yes, it's, it's clearly utterly impractical as it would be. It's genuine. Well, it's just it seems to, it's funny because as you say, like from a distance they look awesome, but when they mm. get closer, I noticed it this time when Harrison Ford was wearing one. It's just a black lycra suit, yeah, with like plastic pads attached to it, and it's like it's, yeah, but it's basically like it's basically like a bike outfit. Yeah. But like it's skin showing. Yeah, it's just yeah, just with sort of all these bits glued on. Mm. But but again, I mean, it's weird how faultless that it still seems. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like you've got everyone in the empire seems to walk around with one of those like pill organizers on their tip. And again, it yeah. just it works. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's that you don't know. Are they buttons? Are they rank? Are they medals? But it just sort of seems yeah, right. they're ranking things. Oh, they are the rankings. And, and it, you know and the, again, the cylinders they have as well? Yeah. Those are data cylinders that they plug in where R2D, who does his twiddling. Ah. Oh. Oh, they were. oh thank you. Yeah, yeah it's basically, actually... it's the dongle. Yeah. yeah. I like that as well, that sort of universal compatibility, because it's weird in that this sort of predates home computing mm. or is near enough to the birth of home computing. Yeah. But you already, there's, it's a weird visual shorthand that you somehow know that that means that he is accessing, accessing the computer. Yeah. Even though nothing exists. Nothing exists that looks like that that does that. And back yeah. then, nothing actually did that <laughs> or even had any way to. But somehow you just like, oh, yeah, that wire goes, that like the arm goes in there, it f flickers around like a bloody, um, like a dial on a safe. Yeah. But you just know, oh, right, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's how that works. And it's like, I don't know how they've done, done something that should need explanation. And design something that looks absolutely right, so it doesn't. Well, yeah, because a couple of years later, when I had my Spectrum, I had to buy that dirty, great big black interface box just to plug in a joystick, and that yeah. did not mm. look anything like the technology. That no. Was... <laughs> no, and it's yeah, it's just a, a weird sort of it's a weird thing how everything kind of you know everything makes a logical sense. In one way or another, in the language, of, like the visual language, of it. it's, I think that's it. I just can't and get over the fucking design. Very different, <laughs> and very different to the push button world of Star Trek, who yeah. had the mm. three and a quarter inch floppies, but everything was at a touch of a button. Even mm. in effect, their mobile phones, communicator type things. But mm. this is very, it's much more chunkier, much more realistic. You, you know, utility based hardware universe. Yeah. Like you say, and everything looks so beautiful that you just, you just think, that's what I mean. There's nothing in this that you go, oh, that's a bit of a shit design. Like everything mm -hmm. on every one of those spaceships, as it just everything, there's nothing. Technically, in the gonks should be crap, but they're not. They're great. Yeah. Huh? yeah. A fucking walking battery. How much energy does that take? <laughs> it's a, you know, a bit oh, it's, a, it's a fucking box with legs. Yeah. And yet somehow. 
Mind you, even it's down great. to that, I, there was there was one bit in this that I suddenly had like a total fucking mad moment, and I think I must. But when they when they initially escape from the Death Star and they're fighting off the Tie Fighters, you know, great kid, don't get peepsy. Um, the like parts of the Millennium Falcon are on fire, mm-hmm. and R two goes and puts it out. And but up until that point, you, you know, in the world of this film, you don't know that he is what's termed an astro droid. Yeah, that are and that they are basically ships maintenance, yeah. and it's like he immediately defaults. It's not his ship, it's not, but he immediately defaults to his astro program and just goes and puts the fire out. And it's not, no, no one tells R2 to deal with things yeah. or whatever like that. He's just doing it because that's what he is actually meant to do. <laughs> and yeah, there's just, a, it's, it's weird how there's sort of, and it, again, it's when everything works so well and then you get just weird glaring bits that they've just decided like, oh, well, wouldn't it? You, you've got that level of connectivity and it works like on a proper just background level in your head, which works, which is so much better than, oh, what if Darth Vader built C-3PO? Well, yeah. I think that was a bit shit. That's what I, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but whereas with this, you, do you know what I mean? There are all things and it's probably something to be said of the Disney Star Wars films versus the prequels is that they do seem to go with that kind of thing where it's like the, and, and actually I mean with the prequels you got the love you did have the thing of where everything starts looking like all the tech starts looking like Empire tech mm. all, all the ships have TIE fighter fronts and things like that but yeah, you don't you don't need to force it in a weird way, mm. and especially and actually the one thing as well it was like like again you sort of back you do end up back to going through the whole story in your head of sort of like oh yeah what what you've seen Ben Kenobi take down like whole spaceships and shit before. And so it's actually, oh, yeah, no, he is quite capable of going and mm. shutting down the tractor beam and doing this. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it is basically you've brought a ninja. Yes, he's an old ninja, but he's still a ninja. <laughs> I was Whereas every, every, doing, everyone else is a bit sort of, yeah, less capable. I was doing some digging into the original 1974 oh, yes. version mm-hmm. of the Star Wars. It's a very different story that mm. borrows loads from, well, the prequels borrow elements from. Mm. Oh, right. But, I mean, basically, you got things like the, uh, they're known as the Jedi Bendu, who are the personal bodyguards of the Emperor and have held the position for 100,000 years uh, until the rise of the Knights of Sith mm. uh, sort of made everything a little bit mm. more scary-dairy. Um, a young like Jedi Anakin's Bendu son. sounds like something from that's makes it sound more like Jim. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you got young Anakin Starkiller, who is the son of former Jedi Bendu called Kane Starkiller. Mm. And uh, they both leave their homeworld of Utterpal on the in the Kessel <laughs> system. Yeah, in the Kessel system for the planet Aquilo. 
Yeah. Uh, a world that still remains independent from the new galactic empire. Um, where else have I got here? Um, Aquilae is home of Princess Leia, and she's been targeted by the Empire uh, because they want to basically overthrow her father and introduce her as a puppet ruler of the planet in mm. for the Empire. Um, the Aquilian king learns of this plot from one of his spies named Kleeg Whitson, <laughs> who is an operative for the Imperial planet of Alderaan. And... Um, they, the Empire launches their mighty space fortress, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, as a result of an attack, two androids, at, well, two robots eject from the space fortress and land on the desert wastes of Jundland. Again, all these names are that you got yeah. the Jundland mm. waste, yeah. and everything like that. A lot uh, of the it King does. Died. Yeah, yeah. The king eventually dies, and so now the Empire after Leia. Kane is asked by General Luke Skywalker to take Anakin as his Padawan, as Kane cannot do it because he hasn't got a good link with the Force anymore due to him being a cyborg and only his head and right arm are organic. So maybe that's why Vader can't detect his own siblings, because there's less of him to feel the Force. Mm. Um, and they, frankly, it's a good thing they fried him because, considering how powerful he is, yeah, you know, yeah. as a, as a head and an arm, yeah. Well, I, I said, I think I said in a previous episode that the reason why Vader's costume is quite rubbish is because the Emperor wanted to keep him in a constant yeah. state of pain yeah. to yeah. force his force abilities. Um, Luke and Leia travel through the jungle and wastes. Now, this is great to a spaceport town by name of Gordon. <laughs> where they a Gordon meet... happy hour. Yeah, just, yeah, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> where they meet the reptilian Uriolan, known with a passion for hunting Wookiees by the name of Han Solo, who hunts the <laughs> Wookiees on their home planet of Yavin. Ah. <laughs> Solo is a friend of Kane's Starkiller, and they charter a flight off-world. And the pilot of the ship is a guy called Valorum, who actually turns out to be a Sith Knight. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of shenanigans. Kane dies whilst trying to help, because he has to take out his robot heart to help fuel the, uh, to help power the spaceship. That sounds a bit... So, yeah, that happened. Yep. <laughs> eventually eventually um, made it to Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> They eventually make it through an asteroid field to the planet of Yavin, and they team up with the Wookiees, and one of them is called Chewbacca. Or Chewbacca, if you want to pronounce that one. Um, And they meet at the home of a group of anthropologists, two of which are known as Owen and Baru Lars. Uh, Princess Leia is captured by Imperial forces and taken to the Space Fortress, Anakin, whilst disguised as a stormtrooper, goes back to Aquilea to save Leia and infiltrate the space fortress. Anakin is captured by Darth Vader, a human imperial general with a cybernetic eye and a severely scarred face. Vader orders Valorum to kill Starkiller, but Valorum has a change of heart and frees him instead. Isn't that nice? <laughs> it's lovely. 
end, uh, Skywalker leads his devil squadron of fighters to destroy the space fortress. And at the end, Anakin is awarded the title of Lord, Prove Lord Protector of Aqualay. You can see why he was turned down by most film companies, <laughs> in my opinion. There's an awful lot going on. Like, don't get me wrong. There's as much happens in the but that sounds like that sounds like a three-part series. Yeah, I, I don't even think when you actually read that because there's a comic adaptation of it. The artwork sells the comic adaptation, in my opinion, because it's absolutely brilliant artwork, and they go back to some of the original concept sketches and ideas. But in terms of plot, this makes Flash Gordon look really whoa, brilliant. I mean, like the original <laughs> serial, which was good. Yeah. But it was all over the place, if we're going to be honest. But I just, there's so many threads and not enough thought out. Yeah. I'm glad that he was basically told you will never be able to make this. So he had to keep doing mm. draft after draft. Yeah. I mean, I saw on the internet an amazing fact that said that the name Darth Vader, its origins is very simple because Darth being a variation of dark and Vader being the word father. But as we can tell from the 74 draft, he had nothing to do with being anyone's father. Because no. he was just a human general. He's a throwaway character you mainly don't see in the original script. It's, it feels at that point that it's like he's... It's almost like you do it like a novel where you give people extraordinary names, but you don't actually have to worry because that's what's going to stick in your head rather than... Well, yeah. he's the... He's basically the bionic skeleton, like yeah. you know, in a Nazi hat. It's not. <laughs> yeah. it's, it works. You know, they do it fairly quickly. I think that the. Um, I think they have a clearer. It's you were saying about like with the Flash Golden thing, and that's that sort of epic serial sort of sci-fi thing that they were going for with it. Yeah. I think they do achieve it within the film because, and I know oh, this yeah. sounds weird. This is this is going to sound weird. You know, because obviously you don't have the Imperial March in this. That come that is written for Empire Strikes Back, and although I think there had been talk about them trying to put it back in, I'm glad they don't mm. because yeah. you get that da da da, da yeah, which um, somehow. <laughs> It, well, it feels much more like, like sort of Flash Golden as a serial or whatever, because it's just quick. You know, yeah. right, we're establishing the villain, but we haven't got like a sort of minute-long shot of the entire of the Star Destroyer or something like that. So you go with... You da, 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 da. But I love the fact that every time it cuts to the Death Star, like you'll close the scene, Death Star... Da, 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 da. And it feels like in American sitcoms where it's like, how do we change this scene? Oh, cut to the outside of an office block and like a bit of theme tune. Yeah. Or like, you know, outside a house. Do, 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 do. You or know, like a carry on film. Yeah. You've just got it in there as a bit of a little short, as like shorthand that's like, good news, lads. Peter Cushing's back on. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah definitely I think it's clearly been honed to fuck yeah. oh yeah mm. and 
Isn't it? Because like, I can't remember the. Have you ever like, heard the? Um, there was a radio series done, that um, it's based on the script before the one we know, and it's also based on the novel written by George Lucas. And it was done back in the day. And if it's NPR, you can actually look, they've got them all on YouTube for each one of the films. And that, if they made that version of the film, I would still have been happy because it's it's our Star Wars that we know and love. But there's loads of extra bits in it, like the fact that Leia is, you see Leia's capture, she's on a planet when she's captured because she's already landed. And she's trying to, you know, offload the plans, mm. but she gets intercepted before she can do it. So there's a bit more of that whole jeopardy type thing because she's almost made it. And oh no, she's been told mm-hmm. that the Imperials are on the way. So she's at to. It's a good. It's a good variation of. It, it is the same film, in audio form, but there's extra bits in it, and you sit there and you think, oh yeah, that that makes that line in the movie make sense if you mm. include that extra scene. But of course, it mm. it's all blown out of the water once you actually see the prequels and stuff. You say because that's obviously right. a different avenue. One of the things I did pick up on this time, yeah, is when they escape the Death Star uh, the first time, and um, yeah, Leia says, "Well, they let us away. It's the only explanation of how we got away so easily. They're clearly tracking us." Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, should we go and ditch this ship and change it? Now, fuck it. Let's just go to Yavin and let them follow us anyway. Mm. Yeah, let's have a showdown with the big ship. <laughs> I think the um, there's the other the other element as well with the I've completely lo- I've completely dried there. Bear with me. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> no, I there's. Um... I mean, there's a lot of things about this, you know, beyond just watching the film. I mean, the whole, I think, I think you showed it to me, Adam, the whole Elstree, I think it's Elstree 77 documentary. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that's really, really that. good. Mm. And that also really there's like the ongoing, the ongoing discussion about who designed what and who sculpted what. And because, you know, the woman, mm. oh, I've forgotten her name, but it's the woman who sculpted David Warner's head for the omen oh, is the same God, woman who sculpted the stormtroopers who mysteriously died by being decapitated whilst going to the set of the omen after they shot the I think it, I think before they shot the scene of David Warner having his head locked off. Oh she no, sculpted no, no. Them, mm. dying in the car crash. Yeah, no, it was his. Um, it was a. Uh, it was the. Ma- it was a man who sculpted it. It was his wife who got killed. Who yeah, got she- decapitated in a car crash. Yeah. Yeah, she's the um, Star Wars. She's the one who sculpted the stormtroopers. Oh well, now that I did not know, and it's again going back to that whole thing of just being such a fucking game changer at its time of coming out. And I mean, it's, it introduced so much. Like, oh. so this this film alone, it, you know, is fantastic. But yeah, what it created the universe and how it was able to evolve. But again, you sort of have that um, everything just works and intermingles so well mm. 
you know, they they do, ha and it's again, you go back to that sort of thing. Why do you have such weird, glaring emissions that they've put in when, on a subtler level, a lot of this stuff really, really marries up well? I mean, there's mm. a strange thing, and this again, this is sort of a, a weird thing. Watching the opening bit is the first time you see a really pissed off Darth Vader, mm. but it's yeah. like it, because he comes in and he is really like. Come on, I'll take this ship apart yeah. and just really fucking going for it. And snapping necks. Yeah. Uh, but but you get it because it's that sort of thing that you know, at the end of Rogue at the end of Rogue mm. One where they do it where he's literally on the fucking platform yeah. of the ship hey. where they've where they've escaped. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I said when she says about oh no, we're a diplomat mission. And he says, Oh no, you fucking liar. I've just <laughs> yeah. followed you, you lying cow. How are you talking about? I've just followed you here. I was chopping at those doors. <laughs> Prove it, mate. Prove it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just such a sort of... And again, I don't know if that was something deliberate because it is the only time in the rest of the film Vader's weirdly calm. Well, mm. not weirdly calm. He's menacingly calm because yeah. it's, you know, he's so... I find your lack of faith disturbing. Is Maybe it's because he's getting the feelings. He knows oh, something's good. off. There's a disturbance in the force. That's why he's a yeah. bit more yeah, he's been reserved. Put, he's been, he's been, he's he doesn't been know how he yet. feels when he's in the room with Leia. Yeah. Mm. He might yeah. feel something's off, but not knowing, as far as he's concerned, his children died. So he might be feeling something really odd. He hasn't that felt could... that for a long time. Yeah. Well, not since he got <laughs> like blown off. Uh, like his legs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do love the use of the BBC computer graphics because, in a weird way, that just feels more real. What, what you know, was that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they've got they've got projection holograms, but they're eight bit. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like if you only got eight bit for a hologram, you're a fucking moron, mate. Have you heard? <laughs> you know. But from a design perspective, bit. you'd make it as easy for everyone to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever find out how... Because obviously in the next film, spoiler alert, if you've not seen The Empire Strikes Back, Vader turns out to be Luke Skywalker's father. Um, <gasps> but Bastard! You, I never knew that. I've never noticed that before. You're <laughs> bloody right, isn't he? But as you just pointed out, actually, yeah, at, at this point, as far as he's aware, both of his kids died. So mm. how do we don't actually get a line anywhere where he finds out in uh, order to a, then confront Luke with it? There's this a is, comic yeah. version of it, of him finding out information. I which was written after the point hmm. that the slots in there, but um, you know it's a bit. I think it's only the it's only an empire, isn't it? At the beginning, I think the emperor actually tells him that you know Luke Skywalker's your son, but I don't think we're given any indication at all in anything else. You know, no, we follow no. the natural pattern of everything without the inserts well, done afterwards. Hmm. Well, it's, it's only the emperor. Because this is something, again, and I don't know whether it's... I mean, there, the pl plain and simple reason is that, obviously, that this came first. But mm. I was wondering, um, in terms of... So, is as far as the... 
as far as the universe is concerned, Anakin Skywalker is dead, and they don't know who Darth Vader is. Mm-hmm. A few yeah. people do, but yeah, it's a fairly closed secret. I.e., you know, if it's not that, you know, I'm just checking that that's how that's meant to uh, play yeah. out mm. from him becoming Darth Vader is that there it's like, oh, has anyone seen Anakin? No. You see my new mate, Darth Vader? Oh, hello, mate. You know, <laughs> it's that, isn't it? Yeah. No, that's because I, I, and again, this is something I gather is in other media as well, but like with Tarkin knows uh, Vader. Because it's, I mean, it's obviously at the end of um, Revenge of the Sith, but is yeah. Tarkin meant? Does Tarkin know that uh, Anakin Skywalker is? I Darth don't Vader think so. Or? I don't I think so. Does, it is pretty again, closely guarded. Then. I mean, in to all intents and purposes, Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't even know he survived. He left yeah, him burning true. on yeah. the planet, Mustafa. But again, this new Obi Wan Kenobi series. Mm. Does feature Hayden Christensen reprising the role of Anakin slash Darth Vader? Right. Okay. So maybe we get to see how mm. he finds out that Anakin survived. But yeah, mm. if we were to just follow film canon, I, it's not explained why mm. at the end of Revenge of the Sith, all of a sudden he knows he is Vader. I th- unless he put two and two together. You're, I and always just, just assumed that everybody knew, but you're right. There's no reason the emperor just has him taken off by that, uh, you know, by that that medical team, and just has him converted. You're right. So as far as they're aware, yeah. this new guy has just turned up, and he's, you know. So, so in, everyone in, regards in Darth Vader purely on the much in the same way as us watching the film the first time. Yeah, everyone yeah. reacts to Vader as an entirely different character. They're not thinking, "Oh, this is the," which again is something that I hadn't like. I think like like with you, Lee, it was something that had been there in my head, but I hadn't really sort of put two and two together. And I was like, "Oh, actually, do they? Are you know, is this meant to be people know this is his final form, as it were, or you know, is it a, a sort of a, a mystery or whatever?" Subsequently, there's been stuff said about how, I mean, Darth Maul, his origins coming from the planet Dathomir was always kept secret. The only one that they couldn't really do that with was Dooku. But, I mean, mm. even, um, what do you call it? Oh, I've forgotten his name. General Grievous. General mm. Grievous, although he, he doesn't look the way he did when he was a warlord before he started becoming a Sith, learning the ways of the Sith. I don't think he actually officially became a Sith because Dooku was in the way. And, I mean, it's mm. the same with the Clone Wars cartoons. Dooku is training Ventress, but it's not allowed because there are only allowed two Siths. Mm-hmm. So you, you you fight... I won't spoil anything with that, but, um, yes, because it's the rule of two. And so I don't think anyone ever knew Vader was Anakin. Or supposed to, yeah. because they make a big thing in one of the comics. Someone works out and deduces that Vader is Anakin, and he yeah. actually says to Vader in the comic, um, "You know, your your wife did actually give birth before she died." So that's something that's unfolding in the comics as we speak. Vader oh, gave birth to one child. The bloke mm. lied. I think it's the Doctor Afra comics i may be wrong or it might be the actual darth maul comics the new 
Disney Marvel ones. But mm. yeah, it's been someone has already tipped off Anakin or to Vader that um, he knows who he is and um, the fact that uh, Padme had a boy. Mm. So that's obviously filling in a blank from the future. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we, I mean, we usually sort of, we usually talk about it. I mean, again, an interesting thing is although this came out in 77, um, this was the time when the, you wouldn't norm, you wouldn't have like a worldwide wide release date. Um, and it wasn't a, you know, a standard thing, especially on something like a blockbuster where they do it more about piracy than anything else. If everyone yeah. can go and see it on the same day, they're less likely to, um, you know, seek out an illegal pirate or whatever. But it's actually, it was the 25th of May in the USA, but the 27th of December in the UK. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it had quite the, but then I suppose also that was part, that would have been part of its advertising is that it's yeah. sort of like, you know, that you're just hearing on the news about this thing called Star Wars where people are going fucking nuts for it yeah. in, in the yeah. States and everyone's just oh, waiting yeah. to the see queue. it. Was My mum was, uh, yeah, in the making, you see them. Mm. Yeah, the queues around Man's Chinese yeah. Theatre in Hollywood, like the whole way around the block, 12 hours before the <laughs> doors open and stuff. It's just mental. But, I mean... Compared to what your alternative films are to go and watch, yes, you'd go and queue up for 12 hours to see this. Of course you would. Oh, definitely. Was also, I mean... Wasn't it the first film to abolish the... Because in America, you could buy a ticket to see a film mm. and you could go in and be in there all day long. As long as you bought one ticket, you didn't have to exit yeah. the cinema. But they actually mm. had to change it because of Star Wars. People were going in and not leaving and just watching it all day long on a loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've heard that. I know that. I know that that was something that they were trying. I think because they would do it on rare occasions where it would be you couldn't, you could only attend the opening. But that was usually that would be individual to a film. Hitchcock used to do it with stuff. Yeah, so you know you couldn't go into the middle of Psycho. Yeah, um, you had to be there for when it started or fuck off. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah, Star Wars was one of the things that really sort of ended that thing because yeah, people were just obsessed and not only that but also if you know that somebody's willing to sit there they might be willing to pay to sit yeah. there all day and do it you know yeah. uh, because the others the you had a few other films around at this time uh, like obviously a lot of other films out at the time the interesting thing is when i was going through like the the films is every so often a film that will crop up in there that just seems so out of place, especially it's the year that Star Wars started. And there's stuff in here. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of Jaws ripoffs because Jaws was the big thing. Um, yeah. So you've got sort of stuff like that in there. Um, but really the weirdest thing is when you suddenly spot in the middle of it, something very British or something a bit sort of like, Oh, that's why we don't have a film industry. Oh, okay. Because they were doing Star Wars and we were doing like confessions of a private eye. And you're sort of like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, here we, here we go. So in films that you had out in 77, The Sentinel, Pumping Iron, Sweeney, the movie of the Sweeney, uh, that uh, Wizards, you know, the Batchy animation thing oh, that looks God. like a thousand oh, frog rock. I've never watched it yet. Uh, no, I, don't, I think I've only seen like bits of it. Uh, tentacles, 
The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Airport 77, The Squeeze, A Razorhead, Adventures of a Private Eye. I mean, that's two films that can only be joined together by year, I'm assuming. Uh, the Eagle Has Landed, Audrey Rose, Demon Seed, The Uncanny, Rabid, Jabberwocky, uh, Annie Hall, The Car, Cross of Iron, Desperate Living, Smoking the Bandit, Grand Theft Auto, Exorcist 2, The Heretic, New York, New York, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, The Rescuers, Sorcerer, uh, Strozek, which is directed by Werner Herzog. Uh, if I can offer you a libation. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've got to the end. I've got the end of series one. Um, <laughs> Show me the baby. Um, <laughs> the Spy Who Loved Me, Island of Dr. Morrow, The Deep, Orca, Hills Have Eyes, Haozu, you know, the Japanese mad fucking as yeah. a box of frogs horror film. Uh, Are You Being Served? You know, again, two films that are really only married by year. The Kentucky Fried Movie, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, Suspiria, That Obscure Object of Desire, Holocaust 2000, Shockwaves, Equus, Prey, Pete's Dragon, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I did not fucking realise was that earlier film. No. Mm. I Again. thought that that had to be what? I was like 81 or 83 were my guesses for Close yeah. Encounters. I did not yeah, realise. You were probably was. confusing it with the special edition one when it was re-released. Oh, the extra scene in the cinemas. But yeah, I was like, and then uh, the animated version of Hobbit, Saturday Night Fever, The Duelist, High Anxiety and The Black Panther. That's not like the Marvel adaption, uh, that's the that's the story of a uh, kidnapping that went horribly wrong. Um, but also, uh, two thousand AD launches the comic. Two thousand AD launched in seventy seven. The Queen had her silver jubilee. The Atari two six hundred is released, oh. and and this is possibly my favourite fact: the rings of Uranus are discovered. <laughs> Really? We didn't know that until... We didn't know about the rings of Uranus, Lee, until that time. Wow. And so we know our old Skinner, are, killed in a car crash, <laughs> uh, in a plane crash. Who's that? Sorry? Lina Skinner, obviously. Get, uh, three mm -hmm. members of Lina Skinner get killed in a plane crash in 77. Take my hat off for that. I love yeah. Skinner. I, I have to say, though, I think it's a bit bad when I was looking through... Do you know the album they released... the like a, a week before they died in a plane crash, street survivors. Gee. And you're like, it's like, well, you, you kind of called it, <laughs> but <laughs> but badly, lads. You know, yeah. pretty badly. But yeah, I mean, it was a sort of it's it's an unusual year. And like I say, those films, especially when it's like you've got things like from America, you've got like Eraserhead or or stuff like this. Um, you know, and the fact that are you being served and we've probably had to make room, uh, the spy who loved me rather probably had to make room to do uh, Star Wars or vice versa. Yeah. And yeah, you've just got, but none of it seems to fit. No. It's you know, it, it, all, all, the, all the stuff that's in there feels like it's from 1977, apart from Star Wars, which still feels like it was from yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is quite impressive. I mean, they, they don't even suffer moustaches. You know, you'd always be you'd always be guaranteed. I mean, there's the guy, there's steampunk Jack Sparrow, who's uh, you know, he, but he's not he's not a main character. Is that why they cut Biggs out so we wouldn't have to have his? Wouldn't have to have him. They didn't want it going up against uh, Reynolds in uh, Smokey and the Bandit. They were like, you yeah, know, no moustaches. We don't want anyone yeah. to think about Smokey and the Bandit. It's not yeah, 
God, I love smoking the candy. <laughs> I, the first time I ever saw Star Wars was um, when it was first ever shown on ITV. And I think mm. it was 1982. I think that's mm. when I saw it. Right. Yeah. I've still got the original VHS with my dad's stenciled label, which was Star oh, Wars I... Christmas. And it, and uh, still got that. It's absolutely unplayable because the actual magnetic tape has solidified, mm. you know, on the actual <laughs> yeah. stall. But still it is it. still got the original videotape that we he took of it. That is awesome. That is That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure. Still got the old, I saw it about ten years ago, and it's got the still got the same Duracell advert, which was a load of robots on an assembly line. Oh and yes. Then I remember sitting there thinking. They knew Star Wars was coming on, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was gutted recently. I um, a, a, a film that we covered on Welcome to Horror, uh, one of my favourites from being a kid. My my dad bought an ex rental copy of Critters that we used to watch over and over and over again. Uh, so yeah. now I've just set up a VHS again. I went and bought a v, an ex rental VHS copy of Critters. And one of the things I was most excited about was watching the trailers at the beginning. And they're bloody different trailers for a different films. Mm. I was like, no, oh. I paid 20 quid for this VHS for the trailers. I used to love, I used to love the trailers on the beginning of Robocop because you'd have a bit of Richard Pryor, a bit of Phil Cool, you know, <laughs> and that, that's why we're advertising the live videos. Yeah. And you yeah, know, yeah. Phil Cool doing his Rolf Harris impersonation. Couldn't do that now. No. <laughs> Or you could, but no, it'd be a... a very different impersonation. Yeah, it'd be this. But the benefit of is miming being in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> We've, um, well, I mean, we obviously we did our uh, Welcome to Horror, we did our crossover episode with um, Not for Everyone um, at Christmas. And this was one of my choices as a Christmas film because I think, in my head, ITV showed it every Christmas. They didn't, I checked. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think what happened was they showed it one Christmas and that's when we taped it and yeah. then we watched it and it probably had Christmas at Christmas. Christmas yeah. <laughs> but, but I know that I, I, I think that I could audibly hear everyone's anticipation levels like pit through the floor. When I said Star Wars, because everyone's like, it's not a Christmas movie. But in my head, it really, yeah, really, just... really, 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 really. No, I, I absolutely appreciate that. That is exactly how I feel with it. And you get the Christmas zingles uh, all running through your body when Star Wars starts up. I always do. It's a, it's a very Christmassy film for me. I, th I think it's also because it would tend to be when you'd get your some Star, Star Wars, Wars shit, shit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember the year. It, it was. Um, because obviously not being old enough to get the original uh, Falcon, but I had the uh, Empire Strikes Back boxed mm -hmm. version of the Millennium Falcon. That was great. And the t see, I never really actually played with my toys by making a move. I used to, mum and dad used to let me put the film on and I'd sit there with my Falcon and my X-Wing and I'd set them all up and I'd get down at ground level and setting up my own shots mm. with the toys. I never used to actually really play with them, just sort of set them up. I mean, what... I remember you telling me loads of stories, Adam, about the fate of lots of your action figures. Oh, yeah, they got frozen in carbonite. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, if you took the blister, uh, you took the blister off the front of a Star Wars pack, like the little plastic shell that mm. the figure's in, uh, fill it full of water, put a figure in, put it in the fridge. There you go. He was frozen <laughs> cold, right? It did have the unfortunate effect of tending to rot their limbs, so like <laughs> things would ping off. Uh, nothing, I think, quite as good. If I if I can find it, I will post a picture of it because it would just be, it'd be a nice thing to find, anyways. That um, I had Luke Skywalker in his um, uh, X-wing outfit with like yeah. the helmet and everything, head pinged off. So uh, my mum said, "Oh, your dad will be able to fix that." And uh, yeah, uh, what he did was he got a screw and screwed the head back on, did it a little too forcefully, and it just had, like, one flat plane <laughs> with a Phillips head screw. Like, I have oh. seen this figure in real <laughs> life, and yeah, it is wonderful. Yeah, and it was like, and you know, it came, from a, it came from a place of love, but fucking hell, Dan, no, you couldn't fix it. He did much better with Boss, where he just glued the head back on. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think you're doing right here, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember, that was a great figure. I remember going uh, into a toy shop, and there was a toy shop in Romford. It was it was one of those. I think it was just before Christmas. It was a kind of temporary shop. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and all it sold was Star Wars figures. And I just remember going in, and it literally being wall to wall, both walls down both sides of the shop. That was all it was. It was a desk at the end. It was a glass front at the shop. And both walls were just Star Wars figures. And I just remember going in there and being in there for, I think my mum was like, right, you can have three or four or whatever. And just being in there for mm. hours trying to choose what for the, ones to get. For the benefits of the tape, where's this, was that layer? Showing us your layer? Yeah, it's the, it's the new retro line where they've redone all the packaging. Oh, cool. oh nice. That's it. That's exactly also... what they were like, yeah. <laughs> See, they look you great, don't they? Mm. Apart from the fact well, they're, they're covered they are exactly the... the same. Apart from the fact that half of the paper thing is a big, massive circle that says retro, retro, yeah. retro. Ah, yes, but the thing is with that is, if, uh, I'll, I'll get, I won't show you now, but um, if I, uh, you can actually put um, lighter fluid on the sticker and it comes off. Oh, okay. And it is literally, it's, only, it's a proper sticker. Mm. I'll, I'll, show, I'll, worry, I'll show you one I've done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, look. Very nice. Yeah, no, all right, okay, I'll take it back. Just, that does look cool. I, I, genu- I was genuinely following that then, thinking that the, you know, I thought it was going to be like, oh, you press this and it's like, like it it goes invisible or it shimmers or something <laughs> like that, you know, you know, like, you like a heat, yeah. yeah, like a heat pad or something, you know, you press your thumb on it and suddenly it's like, oh, look, no. it reveals that it's the Empire sticker or the, the Rebellion symbol. <laughs> and it was like, and I was still following you when you went, yeah, you can put lighter fluid on it. I'm like, that's a funny thing to make kids do. Oh, yeah, no, no, what's he talking about now? <laughs> you can put lighter fluid on it and blow its fucking head off. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, and we've got to hand it to everyone who, because everyone has, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not a... a it's not a secret that a lot of actors find George Lucas is not a particularly actor's director. No. So, yeah, I mean, everyone in this 
I mean, like, okay, you've got Peter Cushing in there. Perfect, because Peter mm. Cushing's going to turn up and do a fucking great performance because he's Peter Cushing. And I will lick that man's balls. <laughs> but everyone Even else now. is fairly sort of, you know, everyone else is like fairly new. I think, yeah, I think Mark Hamill and, uh, and Carrie Fisher is definitely their first films. Mm. Yeah. And, and she holds think, up, you I know, think, unbelievably yeah. with yeah. Peter Cushing. Oh, yeah. Stop I mean, her and Peter Cushing, you fucking yeah. believe it completely. Mm. It's like, you know, there's no, but then I think, yeah, I mean, I think Carrie, I think Leia is Carrie, Carrie Fisher given authority. Mm. <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a way, you know, I just think that that was Carrie Fisher. And, and maybe mm. the same sort of thing, maybe everyone kind of brought their own mm. or had to bring their own uh, elements to it. Because like I mean, Luke yeah. plays someone who's a bit naive and you know mm. starry yeah, I mean, and it like works. He, like he said, it was like his debut film, so he sort of yeah. went with that as a thing that it was like, well, I'm new here, so yeah. and that's that's Luke's whole take, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, I mean, as a you know, I don't think again, there's no one, there's no duff performance, and there's nothing overturning it, mm. like in the sense of say. Oh, we've got this bit where they've got this character, and you only see him for one scene or whatever like that. But it's like, oh, but you you hired a proper actor. To do, you, you've hired like someone famous to do the voice, and it's like fucking Ricky Gervais or I don't know, some, yeah. you know. And it, but or oh, you spotted that bit. That's this what that's this guy or whatever like that. There's no no, no there's no cameo stuff in it because no one was clamoring to be in it because yeah. it wasn't the phenomena that it becomes. But still, there's, you know, there's not a duff performance in it, and there's mm. certainly nothing. There's no, no one's not reading off the same page. You yeah. know, every everyone's really and and considering that a majority of it would have been done with, you know, I mean, obviously Dave Prowse acted as Darth Vader, and then they just overdubbed him with, well, they didn't just overdub, but they overdubbed him with um, James L. Jones. But if you see backstage stuff, I mean, okay, he's doing it in his Cornish accent, but he is acting, you know, he's not yeah. just like reading the lot, he's not doing his nails and bored, you know, he's sort of he's actually committing. Same with Peter Mayhew mm. as Chewie. I mean, and that's something that I think excuse me. I think that's something that really comes to it as well, is you've got you've got the Chewie and Han relationship already in there and everything, you know, somehow everything's fairly explanatory. Yeah. You know, within, within seconds, you understand R2 and C-3PO's relationship. Yeah. yeah. And similarly, Han and Chewie, and yeah, it's... It just glues together <laughs> so well. Yeah, they're all archetypes, aren't they? So mm. you've got like the hero's journey, you've got the archetype of the anti-hero, as Chris said. You've got yeah. the the wise old man who's yeah. you know, the tutelage of the young and so you, you recognize them straight off, but they've never quite been done like this before. Because you've got to bear in mind a lot of subsequent science fit, although yeah, we we were well ignore the whole Dune thing for the moment on this one, but it is um it set the precedent for a lot of future things to be done in this slightly simplified Dune way, shall we say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, but I, th I think also we've got to the point 
which seems to be a better point within the fiction where the Jedi and everything are gone. Yeah. So yeah. everyone is much more like Han Solo. Yeah. You know, and, and even the, even like the people in the empire feel the need to be like, well, yeah, whatever, mate. Cause you, you oh yeah, you're Jedi Knight, aren't you? And it, admittedly, you know, they pay for it. You know, you don't really, <laughs> you don't really want to insult Darth Vader's religion. But it's still, I mean, even there's, I mean, I, I literally love every line that Tarkin's got in this. Mm. But when it's the thing about, you, my friend, are all that is left of that religion. It's yeah. sort of, yeah, just everything. You're now in, and maybe that, again, that might have been something that we had with the prequels, is everything's a bit pompous because it's, it's knights of old in a weird yeah. way. It's like it's like it's like films made to be of the age of chivalry or something like that. So it's everything's a bit more, I don't know, pompous possibly or whatever like that. Whereas this stuff, this is where you start really getting down to the sort of the more brass tacks of the universe. Mm. Yeah. I mean that that's that was sort of the sentiment was put through the design department because when you look at the prequels you've got like almost the renaissance old italian looking naboo and everything like that and then slowly it all becomes militaristic and it becomes mm. the stamped universe of the empire as yeah. they take over so you've got that shorthand of the old republic the mystic ways of old mm. moving you know the, the way that the jedi run things now being taken over by the more forceful progressive thinking Sith, progressive in terms of uh, technology rather than yeah. attitudes to humanity, say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, I suppose it's the universe that Palpatine's built in his image. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's, because half of his war appears to be a propaganda war. You know, it's about... <coughs> It's not just the victory side of it. It's actually about um, stamping out the Jedi, but even as a critical fault. Yeah. yeah. And like the Rebellion still say, may the force be with you. Mm. But it's become, it's become embellic, emblematic of, the, oh, it's become, it's become a thing that they say rather than what it originally was. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah. It's like a good luck charm or something that harks back to an older time. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I, I picked up this time, like, I, I remember there being funny moments, but actually I laughed out loud a lot more on this watching than I seem to remember previously. Not um, just because you had the Geordie voice in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I mean, cause it, it, obviously the, it's. I mean, it is a, it is a, a, an action drama, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like the comedy that flows all the way through it, it's just brilliant. I'd forgotten just how sort of naturally they managed to mm. to write that into. Oh, the yeah. C three PO is a lot funnier 
than my memory said he was in, in these, you know, the, this our trilogy of films. Because, yeah. you know, he, he's given funny lines in the prequels, but they're just not funny. They don't land. You know, no. whereas with this yeah. one, there's some genuine, great, sarcastic moments between the two drawings. So much better. Yeah. He's done solo I, as well. Every every mm-hmm. line of his is just... Yeah. I mean, the, I, I, think I don't really remember it so much from my previous films, but the when it's obvious that Luke likes Leia and the two of them are in the cockpit, so he pretends yeah. he fancies her yeah. just to fuck with him. Like, it's... Yeah. 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 Just those little bits that I was like, oh, I like this. It sort of takes the edge off the tension. With mm. the- yeah. I, like, I like to think that's why he helps Luke at the end. Not because of genuine concern, but because he's like, I'm not having him taking all the fucking credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to go in here. Right, right, you owe me. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that, um, and certainly the that end sequence... I mean, but, obviously, I'm now I'm now at a point where I kind of know what's I kind of don't know what's special edition mm. and what's original on that. Mm. But unlike, say, uh, it definitely graphs better because a lot of the Moss Eisley sort of sequences don't quite meld to the yeah. bits they're sort of covering up That's or watching ending. Like watching the comparisons, I hadn't realised how much had changed in the Death Star. No. But watching it again, mm. it's like, yeah, that all looks fine, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, it's interesting they, to see that. I love the fact that they actually put the arabesque writing yeah. on the, instead of having the uh, graphic equaliser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not- even even the the sort of, I mean, actually, that like they said, they didn't actually do that much tweaking. Like all the shots of it going down, like them going mm. down the trench on the Death Star and things yeah, like that. It's still they've not smart, they've yeah. not had to do anything. Yeah. Mm. Because just, it's just so... the um mostly I guess the, the flight of the X Wings. There was yeah, more, more dyn- dynamism to, to it. it. Mm. Yeah. But the, the, well, the one thing fighting... I think one thing that always surprises me is how much the actual blades of the sabres have had to change. Because yeah. when you see the, like yeah. the original mm. Star Wars, how it was just the rotating thing with a slight blue filter, and mm-hmm. then you see how how like the new, it just you never notice the change because again, when we first saw it, we imagined That's what it, it is in our heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, even when I had the lightsaber toy as a kid, which was a torch with a big, yeah. And my uncle had the big one, which was a big torch with the thing on it. And, <laughs> Those were the best toys ever. And I had the Stormtrooper gun, which had the rotating chamber inside with the yellow pattern. And I actually had a oh, blaster. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> Any chance to get a lightsaber out? You're never too old for a lightsaber. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, it's, well, I mean, it's like Lee said about with the sand crawler, mm. you know. In your head, it's always fucking. That is how, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. And actually, that's probably that's the problem with Jabba is we know that we know how good Jabba looks in um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, mm. yeah, because that is a genuinely that is a genuinely great. Uh, it still is a puppet, isn't it? It's three yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a puppet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a genuinely. Mm. Mm. 
but it's genuinely like a great creation whereas i think it just doesn't pay off on this the other thing although there's one thing that i do think it exposed as well is that when jabber's talking it's the sort of obviously it's the like quite sort of slow sluggish um speech and hutties on the is the language he's speaking isn't it and the weird, uh, but weirdly enough, when you watch it with Declan Mulholland, like the Scottish dude, that sequence really gets quite good. But I think you, it would only have worked if they'd have kept his voice. So Jabber would have needed to be a Scottish villain. Like yeah. I said, it's just when it's hard, my boy. Yeah. Hard than the best. You know, it. Look, Jabber. Yeah, it feels like he, it feels like you've got like a Robbie Coltrane cameo, yeah, in it sort of thing. But whereas it's Jabber's it's voice, he's is just acting, just... isn't he? Yeah. He's actually acting. Mm. Whereas the other one's just a voice sample and it's manipulated, and you know you can tell the difference right off. But they and yeah, there's no feeling behind yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't sort of, and it's so it acts oddly against. Because I think also because at that point Jabber is seen as an extremely dangerous villain, and how do you make Jabber avuncular? Because at that point yeah. he should basically be fulfilling the role of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. He's all like SpongeBob, me boy. You know, he's, <laughs> he's sort of like being jolly and avuncular and well done. So, well, I'll give you this one chance, you cheeky smuggler. <laughs> um, but it just don't come out when it's just a sort of lumpen mm. voice thing. And so. I, I want to know what weight loss program he was on from Phantom <laughs> Menace to A New Hope because he really does slim down quite a lot, but then it all goes to pop by the turn of the Jedi, doesn't it? Too many space frogs. Yeah. Um, well, I think you start resting on your laurels. That's the trouble. You've got, you've got <laughs> Han Solo frozen to your wall, you've captured Chewbacca. You don't know it, but Lando Calrissian's working at your, get, your gaff. I mean, so, would you yeah. really run around the block if you had Ula dancing for you at your every whim? My every whim? Probably not. <laughs> and not with a boob not, falling out? Not only that, but also with salacious crumbs sitting there cackling at me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd so, have hours of fun. Hmm. Um, not only that, but also... Jabba's, Jabba's got to that sort of mavic, uh, that sort of level of power where it's like, I don't need to go anywhere. I'll just get fat here. It's like, <laughs> well, like well, who's going to call? Come on, call me fatty. You know what's in the floor, you <laughs> can't. <really. laughs> um, so one thing I've noticed before, but I've just noticed it sitting here now because I've got, obviously, I've got IMDb open with the Star Wars thing. Has anybody else noticed that? Um, Presumably, the the art, the drawings for the cover were done presumably mm. earlier than the than the film's release. Darth Vader's lightsaber has got a blade guard. You ever noticed that? Mm. Which obviously yeah, the, that the has. That's the British movie poster, which was done after its release. It's called Artistic License. Ah. Yeah, that it's, it's a lot on a lot of the. Especially the especially the first one. There's a lot of ones that look like you've bought one of the books that Mandy would read in Mandy. That look like <laughs> sort of like you you like Conan sort of 
novels or whatever yeah, like that, you know, sold and sold brothers. I think the one, the one you're, is it the one you're talking about? It's the big Vader head with Luke holding the lightsaber yeah, and Leia sort of with two hands and Leia holding next. Yeah. yeah, that's the guy Hindlebrand mm. one. That one, yeah. Uh, but no, that that one that Lee's talking about. That's, that's the British poster, mm. which it personally is my favourite one. I mean, I'm a big Drew Struzan fan, but that poster shits on his stuff. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they have. <laughs> It's I'll tell you what, I can't remember who it is. Go on. Go on, man. Sorry. So I was just going to say, I've got the, the Japanese one, which is the British one, but just with all the writing in Japanese. Like, the artwork's exactly the same. Um, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I'm the same as you. Like, I love that. I, I just I love that cover. The, the one of Luke holding the lightsaber is fantastic, but there's just something about that picture that's just, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's some there's some very odd ones, um, like sort of uh, from like foreign, uh, like sort of other countries releases, like particularly non English speaking uh, countries, and some of the posters really take a lot of fucking license. <laughs> I mean, they're sort of like you know they basically redesigned the film. You know, there's it's yeah. I'd... I've got a Japanese manga comic book version of it that was released shortly after its release. And the design work in that, it's it's almost as if the 20th century never happened for them. So anything <laughs> in the 20th century was futuristic. So you've got a lot of very mundane things integrated with the fantasy of Star Wars. It's, it's, it's really quite, I'd say comic book, it's like a, a page of like the kanji and then it's a really nice illustration, but it's it, it was classed as the comic book one. But um, another film that's like that is the old Adam. Do you remember the old uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks movie yeah. posters? There's that one from Italy, which is that yeah. woman being like with the hand clasped around it, and it's got nothing to do with the film. Yeah, it just looks like some sort of that looks know, like a yellow crime. Thriller. Yeah, it looks like it's yeah. a Dario Argento movie. It's weird. Yeah. It's, Really bizarre, but yeah, I agree with you. Ed. There's a lot of movie posters like that for Star Wars, and you just think. So, have, have any of you ever seen Mexican uh, Star Wars? No, no. It's a film it's something that's that released. Mm. Sorry, it's something that I was considering covering on the show. Definitely. Yeah, that is. I won't. I won't go into it then, just in case. But then, uh, that is just another heap of bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's also no, it's, it's, it comes it's from a point. Is it Turkish Sorry? or Mexican? I can't remember it's if it's Turkish. Turkish. Or Turkish. Turkish. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen yeah, it yet, Turkish. but it's on my list. No, I, th I think we. I like, think we need to maybe for the show. The, the Japanese um, Spider-Man yeah. series as well. My God, how did it? Why, why does it change so much? <laughs> oh, I think it's. Is it that thing though where you're trying to? Avoid copyright, even though you've called it, you, you've basically ripped it off. But if you <laughs> I do enough of this tweaking, hopefully, I mean, they I mean, won't there are certain times and circumstances where that doesn't work, like, like Battle of the Planets, the cartoon mm. from when we were kids. I mean, that they invented an R2D2 cartoon to add into that because the original Japanese one, everyone dies every, every episode, right. And yeah, because it was it was G Force and Gacha Man in Japan, yes. and, that. and then 
they completely bought it up and thought, oh, we don't like these stories. I mean, they even, when they came to America, they even you know, erased the part where the bad guy is actually uh, both sexes. And they yeah, thought, no, oh, too the, much. The character, the, yeah, the character becomes male and female at different points. And yeah. they actually put it in the cartoon that it was his sister. Because yeah. they decided it was the male yes. villain that was the and they were like, oh yeah, his sister turns up and takes over for him when it it's like what's where's he gone? Fishing? The lamb? <laughs> but it's a great cartoon because you, you can actually mm. see them, they you know, dub the dubbed original Japanese ones, but it didn't require any alteration. But again, it's like with like with Star Wars, they for some reason they just feel they have to change things. I think weirdly enough, actually, I think also the thing that we're talking about is because this is prior to Star Wars as a brand. Yeah. With, a, with a control side to it, but, but also that's something else that Star Wars kind of created. You know, you'd had, you, you know, you, you had film franchises. That's, a, you know, they didn't invent that. That's, that had been... Planet of the Apes being one of the first, wasn't it? Well, Planet, Planet of the Apes, the universal horror sequence, the hammer horror sequence. Oh, you yeah, know. yeah. And, and even things like, you know, I mean, I always I always really liked it. I always really like it when films, and it's definitely never happening again, or it certainly is never happening again, is I like it when, film, when you have a film series, but they all have different fucking titles. So yeah. you've got like... Dirty Harry, and then the next film's Magnum Falls, and then it's Sudden Impact, but it's never like Dirty Harry 3, Sudden Impact, or, you know. And I kind of like that, Wait but Star Wars, Star. obviously, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, so they think, took film branding to the next level. Mm, it's, it's weird because for such, and, and again, it's not something that you can take ire with if you were, if you, if, even if you were to choose that that sort of way is George Lucas came at it from a clever point of view, but it was never, you know, it was, it was never predominantly a money-making scheme. Mm-hmm. And, but then I think a lot of stuff that comes afterwards kind of eats. Yeah. And it's, it's so unusual because it, so it's almost like a Schrodinger's cat situation. It's like Schrodinger's cap- capitalist. It's like, is it, is it, or isn't it? We're, mm-hmm. we're out in the box. Well, whatever way it doesn't matter. But you know, and even though George Lucas like took, uh, like he took the merchandising mm. points because, but again, in those days, film companies didn't think fuck all of that. Yeah, that was like, and and it wasn't even just i mean if you think about it i mean it was a time when it wasn't like you were going to release this on video or you know probably the most marketing that you got off of a film would be a soundtrack yeah that's probably the, 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 the closest um, associate they the 8 millimeter film rule uh, film reels so you could watch a very edited version of the movie at home on your own movie projector yeah yeah there's a lot of, you know, what you were saying about the scenes of Star Wars. There's a, a project, the despecialized version, where they're actually trying to get a Blu-ray quality version of the original cut of Star Wars by piecing together all the little bits and pieces from like the Laserdisc version, 
and rebuilding mm. the scenes from each edit. And there's been a couple of bits that have actually come from the original eight millimeter reels. <laughs> but of course, the quality is abysmal, it being only eight millimeter home stock. Mm. But um, yeah, I forgot what the point of that was. <laughs> <laughs> But believe believe me, sir, I lost the plot a good thirty minutes ago. I don't know. I, we we sh we should we should announce in a while we're having a celebr celebratory manner that um, we are possibly the most COVID safe uh, podcast at the moment because three of three of us have been vaccinated now, which if anything might indicate the weight, age and sickness level of all the people involved. <laughs> um, oh, that's so yeah. true. I know. Oh, Bunch of wheezy old Star Wars boys, that's all we are. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, but to be honest, that was one of the things, and I stand by this statement, I think I was eight again when I was watching it, even mm. though I'm remembering Geordie Star Wars and everything that comes subsequent, and I'm thinking about, I mean, I did something that I think is probably really uber geeky is that just before we started watching New Hope, I went back and watched the very last bit of Rogue One. You have so to. I could see Darth that. Vader being badass. <laughs> and the, uh, Leia you receiving the disc. Being, you said about being eight again. Well, those Star Wars figures you actually sold in Asda's, right? And I would go, I always go down to toy. I, I love toys, even if I'm not going to buy them. But uh, I went down there and I saw them and I, I walked away. I walked away <laughs> from them. And then I kept pestering Sam going, yeah, I don't want to get into collecting them again, but they only do 12 from each film or, so, you know, I can't remember <laughs> if it's about six or eight. I can't remember now, but they only do that for each Oh, and I was in there and I was like, every time I walked past them, it was like, this reminds me of being a kid in East Ham, going to see, uh, going to the shops and picking up like Zodiac toys and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. No, I've got to get it. And I did. I started, yeah. and then they stopped selling them. And then there was lockdowns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I love the I, I love the idea. It's like I walked I walked away. No, I really shouldn't get into collecting it. Two weeks later, it's like why haven't they brought Snaggletooth now? <laughs> Come on! They actually have got a limited edition Grand Moff Tarkin done mm -hmm. in that really? box. Yeah, so it's one of those chase figures. So, and I've also got Luke Skywalker. Um, X-Wing pilot, but it's not part of that main range. They're specially released ones. Does he have a screw so. in his head? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we should do that as a variant and offer that yeah. to fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave Thomas knock-up version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But, yeah, I oh. think... Uh, well, I think, I mean, I've... Uh, let's face it, what, whatever else was this going to happen is I think that this was just going to be a gushing love fest, um, <laughs> which um, admittedly, if, you know, pe have, having, having described our ages and our pain thresholds. <laughs> maybe, Are you imaging people's people minds? Want a gushing love fest <laughs> from, from four men of a distinct age. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't think there was ever any doubt that this was going to do well. Um, certainly, the excitement that I felt watching it, which, you know, I'm a cynical old fart. I believe intrinsically in the appalling nature of the human race. 
And the most forward-thinking thing that I've found in a film in many years was Bane's plot in Dark Knight Rises, is I think that you should form a revolution merely to take out petty recrimination against people who have wronged you and then reveal it's a suicide cult. But, <laughs> but in the midst of all that, I watched Star Wars and it was like, oh, fucking hell, this is great, isn't it? And it just bypasses a lot. You know, Back to an age of innocence. It, my innocence, not necessarily. I mean, fucking hell, 1977. Yeah. I mean, you've got Son of Ooh. Sam, Jack the Ripper, yeah. uh, Jack the Ripper, <laughs> the Yorkshire Ripper, claims like six victims. You've got, there's a lot of bad shit going on. In 1977, but not for us. And it certainly takes you back to your sort of, in a weird way, my cinematic innocence, maybe. Mm. I don't know. But also, I really enjoyed it on the level of what we're doing here, where it was like, right, I'm following this as a story. And like I say, it's like, Oh, there's Chewie and Han. We met them a couple of we met them a couple of stories ago. And they said, "Yeah, he should have shot first, like his boss fucking told him to." You know, <laughs> and si- and similarly, you know, it's like, oh, um, oh, there, there's Anakin in his bucket. Bless him. Don't like sand, no. And like I say, I just got really dead chuffed. I've, I think I've just, I just really got chuffed for Obi Wan in the feeling that it was like, yep, yeah, still got it. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna cause, cause havoc in a pub, <laughs> hypnotize a few guards, take down a fucking space station. Yeah. And yeah, I so I do feel that whatever whatever goes with it, it only seems to enhance this. Yeah. 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 You know. Which and that's from for many. Well, well no. I think that really is an achievement, and especially mm. when you get that. Yeah, I mean, especially for something that is still in a process of being actively meddled with, or or certainly mm. was. And I don't sorry, meddled with is the wrong term because essentially it's George Lucas's fucking film. He gets to do what he likes with it. Um and yeah. whether we don't like it or not, he still certainly has more right to that than we do. Yeah. But I think that there is um well, I think I've lost track of what I was going to say. And all I can say is, isn't it Star Wars fucking great? Yes. Yeah. I have an amazing fact. Oh. Please do so, sir. Did you know that John Wayne is in A New Hope? Is he? Is he yeah. one of the Banthers? Is he the, the guy with Jabba? <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> well, technically, it's only a vocal performance. Mm. But you know the spy... Who actually tells the stormtroopers, here they're fucking in that hangar over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, Mr. Big Nose. He, his voice was done. Sure. That's what we used to call him. <laughs> his voice was uh, synthesized, but to activate and trigger the synthesizer setting is dialogue from John Wayne. Ah, nice. That is really weird. So, I so quite like that. They didn't remember that until recently they was going through the sound archive and they actually found the tape, which was Ben Burt's, if that's his name, can't remember. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, he, the actual tape of reels that he used to trigger the, I think it was an ARP 2600 synthesizer. You know, the, the Adam, you know, the big black thing with the orange sliders. Yeah, the the yeah. sliders, yeah. 
Yeah, that, it, 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 that was where the actual the voice was programmed in, and of course you need a trigger pulse to That's actually set off. It was John Wayne. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and but essentially it was just it was whatever. Oh, I'll find some speech. I'll take a speech and put that through. Oh, is this John yeah. Wayne one? So he did that, it wasn't, and then it yeah, wasn't completely get off your banter and drink your blue milk. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course there's the the famous story about his uh, about him with the uh, surely it's the son of God, uh, John. Oh. John, can you say that with a bit more or? Okay. <laughs> Or truly, he's the son of God. <laughs> but, but I, yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a cracking fucking film. Yeah. I think. Does anyone have anything further, or shall we move to the scores? Oh, oh no, sorry. One one thing I did think, and this was just a pure thing because we haven't really talked about them. Jowers, fucking great, but. Am I obsessed with Jowers the same way that my child is obsessed with Minions? Yeah, they are oh. very... Yeah. They are Minions, total Jowers. Yeah. <laughs> Little guys going around going... Little cheeky. Yeah. yeah. Cheeky young scamps. Also, I will give a big shout out to um, uh, my sister Sarah because she was the Star Wars fan who indoctrinated me in Star Wars mm. from a very young age. And um, well done, Sarah. Her, I believe her favourite line in the entire trilogy is, where are you taking this thing? Yeah, it's <laughs> such a great <laughs> delivery. <laughs> if we're going to go down that route, then I've got basically pretty much the entirety of my mum's side of the family to blame for my Star Wars obsession. <laughs> All my uncle and my mum, because I was saying, when um, my mum was a hairdresser and she had a bloke who had been in America and he'd come over and mum was cutting his hair and he was saying, oh, there's this brilliant film I saw in America, it's called Star Wars. Have you heard about it? And mum said, no. It, went, what, it ain't over here yet. And she said, no. And as, as Adam said, we had to wait until Christmas mm. yeah. for that to come out. But yeah, I think, and actually, weirdly enough, that's something that I could also say is I do think that this was always a film that all my family genuinely enjoyed, which was not often the case. Mm. You know, cer certainly if my dad was enjoying a film, my mum probably wasn't, and vice versa. But this yeah. was one of the few where there yeah, everyone everyone came together and was quite happy that me and Sarah would obsessively want to put on Star Wars. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, yes, I think we need to come to the matter of scores. Now, obviously, I don't want to, um, I don't want to tip the balance too badly, you know, obviously we're, um, yeah, I think I might have fucked up the score on Rogue One, but I'll come back to that. So, because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of assuming we might be, uh, this might be a simpler one to add up. So, Chris, I think you've already thrown your hat into the ring with a spinal tap. Oh, eleven. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll push hard to get eleven, but I will accept a ten if you force me into the this framework that we. Mate, mate, it's, it's a new hope. There is no. I can't refuse you an eleven for a new hope. If you if you were pulling that shit back on the Phantom Menace, you know, yeah. then, then then things would have been said. But yeah. A new hope. So, Chris, this, you've gone with this, eleven. 
this was the film that turned me into an atheist. I renounced my lifelong Christian upbringing and I really, really thought, if I believe hard enough, if I, when I die, I will wake up with an X-Wing, a lightsaber, and I can use the Force. Wow. I did grow out of that, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I was that's pretty convinced pretty that might happen. Profound. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. So, um, Lee, where, 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 where are you, sir? Yeah, so, so basically, I went through and scored all of these. So, basically, I started with what I thought was going to be my favourite, gave that a 10 and worked my way back mm. through all the other mm. films uh, so that I'd make sure to get it all balanced. But having re-watched it, I'm going to throw all that out of the window uh, and I'm going to give this 10 out of 10. Wow, a, I, a wise choice. Despite the fact yeah. I know it word for word, scene for st <laughs> scene, I still enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. So it's got to be a 10 and I don't see how anything can top it. Yeah. Wes? Well... If we're allowed to do what Chris has done next week, I'll give this a 10. Yeah, see, oh, that's, that's the first. That's I, was, I was going to bring that up earlier. <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait for next week where I, my brain blows up. because. <laughs> well, who, who's to say that we've got to stick at spinal tap levels? By the Ooh. way, here's an interesting little factoid for you. It's not a Star Wars factoid. If you go on BBC iPlayer, for a joke, when... Uh, they showed Spinal Tap on iPlayer. They put the volume control so you could go to 11. <laughs> um, but they've not changed it. So if you go on iPlayer now, the volume still goes up to 11. And it was all because they did it with Spinal Tap. So, yeah. Do you know what? It's uh, really weird that you've all been talking about Spinal Tap because when we watched this yesterday... Um, the, when they were at the moisture farm, we were talking... Jennifer was like... What kind of farm is it exactly that they're working on? And I started singing, working on a sex farm, which was... <laughs> but the problem is, as we, as Adam alluded to, uh, I went and had my vaccination yesterday. Um, and by the end of this film, I was uh, hot and cold flushes, full of fever, headache. I was twitching like a crackhead. And I laid in bed in the dark in a, like a fever hallucination and all that kept running through my mind was the lyrics to Sex Farm. So thanks for bringing all that back again, you pricks. But at least you didn't have a dream about being in one. This is true. I didn't. I didn't dream about anything. I was too zonked out, I think. It depends. <laughs> working, working on a sex farm is one thing. Being cattle on a sex farm, quite another. <laughs> yeah, those milking machines are moida. Yeah, moida. You realise you've just put all of this into Adam's mind, ready for his delirious ready for his experience tonight. tonight. <laughs> but believe me, my delirious state was just before this, where I was going, oh, I can let, I've got five minutes before we start, and I can load something to IGTV. Fucking hell. <laughs> that was, no, that, that, that was quite the operation, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, funnily enough, similarly, shall we say to what Wes has just said, I had decided that this was a fucking 10 because whatever fucking else, you know, this is, it's seeing it as part of this. And like you said, it's just weird. Rewatching it in my head, like you say, the scores were already like, it's like, right, well, obviously Empire's 10. So that must make Star Wars 9 wrong. Mm. Star Wars 
and I've yet, yet to see Empire, obviously. Not yet to see Empire, but, you know, <laughs> we, we, we're coming to it next. Um, but fuck me. It's, yeah, you realise just how fucking good this film is. Mm-hmm. And, Sounding. and also, bearing in mind that for, f- what, four years, this film was literally in isolation. It mm-hmm. had told its story and it told it well. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, although George Lucas had envisaged a series of films, if it had flopped, there would be nothing else. Yeah. Mm. But this would still be something that would really fucking stand up. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, well, we wouldn't have special editions where they put back jabbering because you wouldn't know the fuck they were talking about. But, yeah, it was, yeah, just incredible. So it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, that A New Hope has scored 41 out of 40, which, if anything, <laughs> yeah, which, if anything, I think is right, is fucking right. Yeah. Because, yeah. But what was it measured been... in? Oh, shit. We had what was it measured in? Oh, um, I'm trying to think. Why was it? Yeah. Um, uh, crispy bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chris Lars. It's funny. They, <laughs> they, um, one of the things that you that was on the video where they were saying they'd edited stuff out um, or made amendments. Yeah. So the the scenes where people got shot with the blasters and in the originals, obviously there was actual mm. flame, and they edited that out to make it more family friendly. But then they still show the two burnt corpses on the pavement. Yeah. I was like, they are two. They are two great burnt calls. As Claire said, the weird thing, the thing that's horrible about it is they've they've either been blown there or they've crawled there. So, in a way, they've been left alive, but Mm. probably on fire. And it's... I did have to skip that bit. That was one that still got skipped. I I would have thought so, because I know that, certainly I know that never gets shown on the TV anymore. Oh, did Mm. not? No. Well, gentlemen, gentlemen, you, uh, we're, this is quality items. We know that. New Hope scores 41 out of 40. I'll just say thank you to my colleagues. Uh, and uh, yes, thank you for listening. And we'll be back for a little known film called The Empire Strikes Back. Will it be as good as A New Hope? We don't know. Who can tell? Who can tell? Only fucking people with eyes. <laughs> and brains <laughs> you know the dead cannot tell but other than that anyone who is even even passing them as novelizations written in a tramp's nappy could not find you know we are in no doubt so there we are <laughs> and what better conclusion to this remarkable family friendly film <laughs> <laughs> all right well, in that case, guys, let's say night, 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 night. 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 night.